0: Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big-money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution. It will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Level Field. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana to join the conversation. It's our code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join us in the chat room at youtube.com slash liberal day radio where we will be talking live Uh, about the show with the listeners of the program and if you're listening after live broadcast you can leave your comments questions concerns etc over on the show thread at liberal at facebook.com slash liberal at liberal on twitter or on the comment thread here on youtube as well uh today is a very special episode of liberal dan radio program it's uh living as a jewish person i previously back in august like i said october previously but when i went back and looked uh it's august where i did the uh, show on life living as a fat person and that was a three-hour show i don't expect necessarily that we will be three hours on living as a jewish person we might i don't know it depends on if questions comes up come up in the chat if we have any anti-semites call in like I've had before. That was fun. Probably, I think, the last time on Liberal Day Radio that we formed Voltron. Uh, see the shirt? Uh, with uh, Deminox and Yosh on the show. We did happen to have an uh, uh, anti-Semite call-in from supposedly Pennsylvania. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. They might get yeeted right quick, as, the, as, as I eventually did the other one as well. Uh, but to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash liberal Dan or go to patreon.liberaldan.com. Either way, we'll get you there, and you can uh, support the show monetarily. You can also give a one-time contribution uh, via the uh, Buy Me a Cider link at liberaldan.com or just support me at buymecoffee.com slash liberaldanradio as well. If you can't afford anything financially right now, I understand. We have inflation going on it's all good just subscribe to the channel and share some videos and and help me grow the channel to be uh, what i think it can be uh, so that's the intro uh again shouts out to aaron and jolie my two mods thank you all so much for uh, volunteering your time helping me make the show even better helping uh you know police the chat room a little bit uh please the live chat i appreciate that and also um, thank you to all the Liberal Dan Radio patrons. We'll go over those. We'll go over y'all as well. Um, I believe so far we have uh, seven, which is awesome, including... Uh, let's see, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, we're still at seven. And let's, let's go ahead and bring up that. We'll let that page load. It's taking a few seconds. But anyway, so I don't know how many of these shows that I can do. Uh, I don't know... Hey, Kinky Streets. I don't know how many more shows I can fit uh, into the uh, umbrella of the living as a person, because in reality, you know, I'm a dude, I'm a guy, you know, not, not much, you know, not much there with, with a, a white guy, you know, you know, life's not very hard in in, that, in those aspects. And honestly, you know, the reason why the living as a living as a fat person show went for uh, several hours is simply that there's a lot of aspects of my life that are affected uh, or impacted or whatever by the fact that i am overweight whereas you know less and less of my life i think is impacted or affected or what have you by my jewishness my being raised jewish my having jewish parents my having gone to a hebrew day school for you know eight years in my childhood um, but there's still you know, even though it might not affect me on day-to-day issues um, especially because I'm not a, a practicing really I mean I do sometimes you know light the candles for Hanukkah you know stuff like that you know I, I don't I don't necessarily uh, you know do all that much I mean I went to synagogue one time I had a friend of mine who converted to Judaism and I, when I went to her synagogue, the vast majority of uh, the prayers I remembered from heart. I didn't even need to look at the at the, at the prayer book or the Siddur, if you will. Uh, hey Kimchi, how's it going? Hey Ethan, thank y'all both for joining. Um, you know, so so that's kind of like riding a bicycle. Um, of course, that has a new meaning this week, I guess, because of the fact that. You know, you have Biden's little slip-up of, you know, falling off a bicycle. If he can ride a bicycle, I'm not sure the last guy could do a good job of riding the bicycle. He couldn't even walk down the stairs without assistance. Or the ramp, I'm sorry, without assistance. So, but, you know, I'm trying not to be, I mean, I'm Jewish, so a lot of times Jewish people deal with frustration and pain and sorrow with humor. Uh, So there's going to be some humor, but I chose for this this episode to not really do any bits. I might still run my commercials if I need to break for my to, to hydrate my throat. Uh, however, um, you know, it is, I'm sorry. Wait, I will let Donald. It say is that what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Bringing a boy daily news, uh, for, uh, uh, one of our, one of our, uh, buy me a cider folks daily news bought me one. So I appreciate that. Uh, Patreons, we have the first liberal den radio patron, uh, Deminox, uh, Cesar, what Chris, Angie from across the pond and Eric, Aaron, Julie, and Jolie, all people supporting the podcast as well via the Patreon, And I appreciate y'all very much for doing so. I also appreciate the, the, the random buy me a cider notifications that I get. Those, those are really nice. I like that. <laughs> um, but I'm actually, I'm sure what the best, which, which the best way is I also have the Venmo link up on the screen as well. It's at liberal Dan on Venmo. Um, you know, I just added threw that in there because what the heck? Uh, it is it is what it is. Sorry, Donald, I I, I took your line this time. <laughs> anyway, so I'm kind of just gonna maybe do stream of consciousness type stuff because, um, you know, I have some things planned that I want to hit uh, when it comes to these uh, when it comes to these topics that we're talking about with uh, my life as you know being a Jewish person in this country in the world what have you um but if, if there's not gonna be too much structure i might go back and forth some sort if i forget something i might go back and if you all have any questions about judaism in general or things that you might not under uh, things that you might not understand might not see just ask in the chat and i'll be more than happy to um 99.9 percent i'll be more than happy to answer the questions. because the best way people learn about other people is through asking questions so so my background, I guess, as a Jewish person, my both of my parents were Jewish. Uh, we, uh, I went to the Jewish Community Center in Baltimore for preschool. Uh, I went to a school called Solomon Schechter Day School, uh, which has changed its name uh, since I've been there. Uh, went there from first grade all the way to eighth grade. I was the first, I was in the first graduating class from the middle school there. Uh, one, of, one of two people in the graduating class and, Ethan, I would love to hear about Jewish life. I'm Christian, but respect you just greatly. Appreciate that. I'll, I'll throw in some good bits here and there. Um, as I was growing up, you know, my my Boy Scout troop that I went to was in a synagogue, but it was, we didn't avoid things on the Sabbath. We were It was, it, it was a Reform synagogue, which... if if you kind of a a lot of a lot of people say like reform judaism is like judaism light (laughs) but are some very devout reform jews who um they just you know have a more modern sense of judaism And, and for example in judaism uh you have a situation where you know you have the matrilineal um handing down of the religion where if the the woman is jewish then the kids are jewish if the man is Jewish that doesn't necessarily confer via like your orthodox conservative uh, Lubavitch actually conservative is one step above reform than orthodox then Lubavitch which are the ultra-orthodox the people you might see you know in, in the Chabad uh, you know going to back and forth to their Chabad houses or to the uh, you know wearing the black coats and black hats even if it's really freaking hot um, so there's that but according to reform Judaism you could also pass Judaism on via the father so that that's one of many things. In uh, Reform synagogues, you might hear uh, musical instruments being played. Traditionally, in conservative and Orthodox type synagogues, you won't have uh, musical instruments being played on the Sabbath, at least, because or any high holy day where you're supposed to rest and not do any work, because you know they, they view the playing of the instrument as work. Whereas other people don't, my grand, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was, he went to a Reform synagogue, and every Yom Kippur, the day, the, the day of fasting, every year, um, he would play the Kol Nidre, which is uh, one of the prayers on the cello. Um, and uh, when he passed away, they actually created an endowment uh, from some of his money to help in perpetuity hire somebody else to play the Kol Nidre on cello on his behalf. So, and you. And, because it's reformed synagogue, they actually live stream it, so I could well, I could watch it when it happened. So it was very touching. Um, what up I've been told that everything is a spectrum. There are degrees of Judaism. I, I, yeah, kind of. But I'm going to get into that a little bit because while in Judaism there are you know like there are Jews who are reformed or maybe even could be conservative. You know, conservative is not like big C political conservative. It's just the branches of uh, Judaism. You know, conservative people. People who are conservatives might, you know, not – might follow the things that are supposed to do in synagogue, but they still might drive to synagogue, for example. I went to a conservative synagogue that was attached to the day school that I went to, and everybody drove to synagogue. So – and most people. There are some people who live close by who would walk. Like one of my – the other person who was in my graduating eighth grade class, he he <clears throat> was more observant. Him and his family were more observant than I was, and he would walk. From his house to the synagogue every Saturday, regardless of. So, uh, you know, you have so let's see, where was I going with all of that? Um, And then even there's some oddities like when you when you you have an ark, something that's called an ark which holds the Torah or holds holds multiple Torahs or. yeah, so to open that, you would so in my synagogue, you pulled a string and it would open automatically, which always confused me because if we're not supposed to be doing any work, how can we pull a string and cause something to work? Um, interesting things. Hey, John Deff. Uh, interesting. Hey, Julie as well. Um, interesting thing, like in Israel, uh, they have elevators that will run on the Sabbath. And the prohibition on... Like starting a car, for example, a lot of the prohibitions that are that where you can't do something on the Sabbath uh, is like if you're light, if you're causing a spark to be lit or if you're lighting a fire, like anything that causes a spark, like turning on a light would be not allowed. So if you wanted to have lights on during the Sabbath, you would turn on the lights before sundown, and as such, you would get. Uh, you, you'd be able to have the light all day long. However, if you did not have the lights turned on, you would, you would not be able to turn them on. So you have interesting things like in Israel, uh, you have like elevators that will just basically run all day long on the Sabbath. And all it does is just go up and down. It'll stop at every floor and then stop every floor on the way back down. So you can get on the elevator and you don't push a button. So you don't cause the spark. You don't cause the, uh, the completion of a circuit. Uh, which is also would be considered spark under uh, Jewish law, or as they say, halacha, um, you, uh, so so you're, you're able to legally under Jewish law, get in those elevators and go up and down because you're not pushing any buttons. Uh, so it's, it's definitely interesting interpretations of how to uh, how to deal with such stuff. What else? I went to, so a Boy Scouts troop was at a reform synagogue. Um, it was not a requirement to be Jewish in the Boy Scout troop, but it definitely wasn't any sort of proselytization. Jews typically are not people who proselytize. They, they're not people who try and evangelize. We're not, we're, not, we're not worried with trying to convince you to convert to our religion. If you try to convert to Judaism, you're supposed to be turned away twice uh, because they want to make sure that you're serious about doing it. They want to make sure that you're, you're, you're really interested in becoming Jewish uh, because our new Judaism has some responsibilities along with it, um, because under Jewish law, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no real heaven or hell. There's a world to come uh, at the end of the day, and at the world, in the world to come, uh, you get in there for for following the rules. So if if you are Jewish, you might you know pray for forgiveness on Yom Kippur because maybe you broke one of the six hundred thirteen commandments, uh, and and you're hoping for a place in the world to come. Uh, you're hoping that your name gets written. Uh, but if you're not Jewish, there are certain laws that are basically known as Noahide laws. Like basically Noah wasn't Jewish in the Bible, um, but he, he, but you still, there were still rules like just to be a good person, like, you know, kind of the golden rule type stuff. Like, you know, don't murder, don't harm people, do unto others as do what I've done to you. Basically don't steal, you know, rules of, of basically being a good person. So if you're a, not jewish and a good person you still have a room room in the world to come so a lot of times when i was learning about christianity as somebody who was raised jewish and not really um not really dealing with with that is uh with with learning about the other they didn't really teach much about other religions in my hebrew day school shockingly enough i guess no shockers although my hebrew day school did do, do a good job of learning many other things like you know Black History Month Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. We learned a lot about stuff uh, during at my Jewish day school. But one of the things you know I just never understood was the whole evangel evangeliz- evangelization of religion. The idea of you know wanting to convince other people to join your religion is kind of foreign to me. Uh, I understand it at this point, but you know I, the idea when I learned about people who actually were just would try and convince you convert you. Um, it's, and it happens to Jews as well. Uh, let me, let me just take, uh, two notes about that, uh, for Marford discussion later, uh, interesting conversation I had in the French quarter, uh, in New Orleans one time when I was out with my wife, it was very interesting. And funny enough, you know, my, uh, you know, my wife is, was raised Catholic and, and she, you know, you know she's, she's not practicing either. Um, you know, we might put a tree up for Christmas and light the candles for Hanukkah, but we, we're, we're not avid goers to synagogue or church or what have you. And, uh, you know, our joke is that, you know, since she's Catholic and I'm Jewish, that our two boys are cashews. So, uh, let's see. Just look at the chat before I get there. After the joke, let people laugh. I uh, live in a community that's 25% Jewish, two synagogues right on the corner. Yeah, Baltimore, you know, there is basically like synagogue row. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Park Heights Avenue, um, where you have like maybe seven synagogues in just on one street, several blocks, but on one street, like just straight shop, just synagogue, 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 synagogue and all sorts of different types. Just a couple of reformed, conservative, you had the Jewish community center on that street as well. Then around the corner, you had my school in synagogue as well. Uh, so so it, it was but something that's weird, though, for, what was weird for me or the first kind of sh- culture shock of, you know, being raised Jewish to having to deal with other people was when I moved to high school, I went to a magnet school in Baltimore City. So when I was a freshman, there was only one Jewish person other than me at the school, and he was a senior. So he graduated. So for my sophomore and junior years, I was the only Jewish Jewish person at my school. And senior year, a freshman came in who was Jewish, who actually went to my middle school as well. So it was kind of a, I guess, a, the in and out of the of the token Jew, so to speak. Uh, so uh, so it was it was very different. I guess maybe one of the first uh, situations was I think it was my freshman year and i wasn't as outspoken as i as i am now but i'm sitting as the as one of the sole or maybe one or two jewish people in the school at least who are out as jews i don't know if out's the right word but who you know said hey i'm jewish you know hey uh who might take off for you know the high holy days or for yom kippur because back then i probably still did that but the thing is is that they had a, a winter a holiday assembly i think it was my first year and I'm sitting in the middle of this winter holiday assembly, and it's just all talking about Christian and, and Christ and Christmas and blah, 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 blah. Nothing about Judaism. Nothing. I, and I just – it was the first time in my life that I ever really felt like I didn't belong. And I just I, – I walked out. And I think I asked on other times. I think I asked to not, not be forced to go to that because – I, it felt I was, I was, I felt ostracized. I felt like I didn't belong in, in, in that school because they weren't making an opportunity. You know, now if it was me now, or if my, if my kids had that situation, if they, I mean, again, we're not really raised raising them to be highly religious, but still, and they, they haven't had that experience of being going from a school where it's all Jewish people to a school where it's you're the one. So it was a very shocking, I guess, event to me, a shocking in that you know I was I wasn't used to it and it was it was it was uh, fish out of water so to speak let's captain Turb. why can't some respect the theological scholars get together distill the common threads between all the prominent religions and put forward the idea that they're essentially the same um, I have an interesting theory about religion in general which is that that you know the differences that come with religion perhaps are there because of the differences in human nature like you have you know some people who might need this in order to act right you might have some people that might need that in order to act right like maybe there is a large group of humans who need the threat of eternal damnation uh to uh to uh, not do bad things so they maybe they might otherwise do bad things except for that you have that lurking fear in the back of your mind that oh if i don't act right might go to hell it's kind of the same thing as the uh you know just having laws why you have punitive punishment for laws is that some people most people are going to not commit crimes because they understand it's the right thing to do to not harm other people other people might not commit crimes because they're concerned about what might happen to them if they're caught doing them i'm not saying that anywhere near most or all or many even but of people who are uh, Christians are people who can't you know who don't understand that you know acting right is a good is a good thing I'm sure a majority of people who are Christians probably understand like doing good doing good for the sake of goodness but um, there, maybe there's some who need the little kick in the pants and the threat of the harm that might come to them if they uh, act badly which brings up kind of an interesting story that I like to share every once in a while when it comes back around on Facebook, uh, which is the story where uh, a young uh, yeshiva is is the name for like a a school that one would go to to become a rabbi. So a young yeshiva student is uh, sitting there and just contemplating the existence of atheists. Why would God create atheists? And so he goes to the rabbi, goes to his teacher and says, "Uh, Rabbi, why... Why did God create atheists? And uh, the rabbi starts saying, you know, the, the atheist, when an atheist does something, when an atheist helps a sick person, helps a poor person, helps to heal the world, uh, he's not, they're, they're not doing it for, you know, the, the promise of the world to come. They don't believe in that. They're not doing it for anything other than the sake of being good. So the rabbi says, so when you're ever in a situation where you have the opportunity to help somebody, don't ask God how to help this person or if they should help the person. Be like the atheist and help the person, you know, by yourself, Uh, which I think is a very good and touching view. And honestly, like, I guess one of the differences, I think, between, you know, a lot of people, they use the term Judeo-Christian. And I talked about how brought this up or how kind of explained, like, we didn't really have to worry about that for a while, but then they started throwing in Judeo-Christian, and because, you know, the support for Israel and support for Jews after the Holocaust seemed to be, all the here's a common thread, so let's just throw the Judeo on top, but in reality, I, I don't like the term Judeo-Christian, because there's so many differences between the two. Um, I've never heard any sort of similar parable coming out of Christianity, and I'm sure people like that, and people who are Christians have liked that story when I've shared it, but it's just something that seems to come out of Judaism, where, where, where Judaism has this idea that you can be good and not be Jewish, where there are some people who, who are practicing Christians, be they evangelical types or Catholics, who will say, there's no way but through Jesus. You have to re- accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or else you're going to go to hell. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are. Other people might argue, to my understanding, that you might, uh, you, you could still get there based off of grace, that that God's grace could be like, okay, you know, you were a good person, so therefore, despite the fact that you didn't jump through the proper hoops, uh, we will uh, we'll let you get there. Uh, let's see, Phil Stone used to live in a community with more synagogues and churches, always remember the kids being off to school, Jewish holiday, and trying to think of a friend who to call who wasn't Jewish. There was an interesting thing where, where there was a, uh, one of the, High schools in the Baltimore area, uh, Pikesville High School, uh, the it was like maybe 90% Jewish, so pretty much they would just be closed on uh, Jewish high holidays because why bother opening if 90% of the school is going to be there? I guess they technically had to show up, but then the other people who were not Jewish would be like, wouldn't come in either, and they asked, well, why didn't you come in? And they'd be like, Yom Kippur, and they'd get laughed at. But what are you going to do? Um. I keep my captain turp i keep reminding people that jesus was jewish yeah you know my joke is that jesus was the bad jew because he tasted bacon and is like i want to have that uh but let's see i do like uh, captain turp christianity is the white version of that well that's interesting because a lot of people look at jewish people and think well what do you have to worry about it? you're white and there. that's a very in, in Judaism, you do have Ashkenazi, which is the European Jew, like the the East the Eastern European Jewish folks. Then you have the Sephardic, which is like these Israeli Jews, the Spanish Jews, Jews who are not white. Um, so you have a lot of Judaism or discussions of Judaism can be very what they say is Ashkenormative, which is uh, kind of looking at Judaism in kind of the oh Jews are these is what this is what Jews look like. And therefore, I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't had many people tell me that I look Jewish, but, you know, so I think one might have said that he would have guessed. Uh, but there's typically, you know, the the idea of Jew, Jews typically doesn't include, like, people like, you know, Sammy Davis Jr., who's black and Jewish, uh, or other people who might be Jewish, you know, from, you know, the Middle East, from Spain, from Mexico, from other people. I have, I have Mexican relatives who are Jewish, so... Let's see. Part of the reason there's so many faiths, over 200 Christian sects in the U.S. because people differ on just what is essentially the faith. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everybody argues. Everybody's fighting with each other. The history of the world is based off of war over whose friend in the sky is correct, uh, which is which is an unfortunate thing. Uh, but back to, back to high school, you know, we had the situation where, again, I was, you know, I was the only Jewish person so I felt ostracized. I remember one time I was eating lunch with friends of mine and um I made my mom proud for this comment I think because uh the the person kind of was incredulous and kind of looked at me was like I don't understand how could you be raised without Santa Claus? And I looked at her and I was like how could you be raised with your parents lying to you your entire life? And everyone else at the table was like Ooh I told my mom that and she was she was proud of me for, for saying it, I don't begrudge people for having their beliefs and, and, and using Santa and other things as, as you know, carrots to, to instead of sticks to, to cause good behavior, uh, for kids to be good for goodness, goodness sake if you want. Um, but, you know, and it's just one of the things where it's like I was, I was the odd guy out because I was the only one who – who wasn't the one who practiced, you know, Christmas? I was, I was, I was the one who, who was the weird one who had to get asked uh, questions. Hey, TV2 Live, thank you for joining us again. Uh, Julie Swenson, I'm one of the only family members of my extended family that's an atheist. My cousin is a minister and refers to me, and my husband is heathens as a joke. Our atheist brothers, uh, bo- atheism bothers most of them, but not him. Well, that's good um joe leo's raised southern baptist went to bed every night thinking about my day wonder if they did anything to go to hell for it stuck definitely decided to raise my kids as little heathens nice um ethan wish i knew more jews grew up in a country where almost nobody was jewish and that's another thing too when you get to places and there's you know not a lot of jewish people there uh, i was um looking at colleges to go to and i got a full ride to florida tech in melbourne florida uh, if you want to know what Melbourne, how conservative Melbourne, Florida might be, that's where like the people who shoot abortion doctors came from. It's like a pro-life hub, anti-abortion hub, abortion doctor-killing hub. People come from Melbourne, Florida, from that. So uh, it was my choice: was either go to go to Florida Tech with the full ride, everything covered, plus some because of another scholarship that I got, or uh, go to Tulane, which the joke is you have Tulane University and Loyola University. And Tulane University is a private university where a third of the kids are Jewish, and Loyola is a Catholic university. So the joke is that it's Jew Lane and Goyola. So my choice was to either go to Tulane or to go to Florida Tech. So i go down to Florida Tech, already kind of knowing that it was a conservative type of town. And it was a nice, brand-new university. And, and be, it was because I went to a math and science magnet school. Every single magnet school uh, like that in the country got one slot where they could send their kids to go work for things, and one kid with a free ride to go to Florida Tech. So I get there, and, again, I, you know, I, I was already four years through high school where I was a fish out of water. But at, at the time, I was still, you know – maintaining you know some of my practicing of my faith and i would 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 have liked to have had a place to go to where i could have been comfortable in doing so so i go to florida tech uh, i have a tour tour is very nice uh, very nice looking uh dorms very nice looking uh campus amenities all very good all seemed like a place that Anybody might want to go, especially if they're a math and science nerd like myself or geek or dork or whatever you want to say it. (laughs) Um, And I go to the the, the person who's giving me the tour and we sit down and um, you have like, you know, Catholic student unions and Baptist student unions and lots of different student unions. And well, the Hillel house, Hillel is a figure from Judaism. The Hillel House is what's typically known as, is, that's what the Jewish Student Union is. And they have one at, at Tulane University, clearly, because it's up there Jewish. So I asked uh, the, the guy who's who's given me the tour, I was like, do you have a Hillel here at for at the Tech? And he looked at me and he was like, what's a Hillel? Like very confused. And I was like, oh boy. So then I'm like, okay, well, do you have any numbers on what the like, Jewish population here uh, at Florida Tech is. And he was like, I don't know, but I could probably get them for you. Which to me probably said, which uh, probably meant, or I, I interpreted that if you come here, one. So I had the decision to make. Do I take the full ride and go to Florida Tech and be a fish out of water for another four years or so? Or do I go to Tulane? Well, I'm in New Orleans right now, so obviously the answer was I went to Tulane. Uh, maybe my grades might have hurt a little bit because of that, but you never know. Uh, let's see. Aaron, I have Jewish friends that still practice the secular parts of Christmas, like Santa spoiled kids. Uh, I, and, it, and when I was at Tulane, I had a friend of mine, Shanna, who wanted a Christmas tree. And she, her boyfriend at the time, Matt, uh, got her the Christmas tree. They are both Jewish. And I looked at Shanna, I was like, why did you get a Christmas tree? And she was like, because I'm like you're Jewish. Why do you have a Christmas tree? And she was like, I just have always wanted a Christmas tree, and I got a Christmas tree. And my big brother in my fraternity, John, goes, well, you know, the Christmas tree is really a pagan tradition. And I'm like, and that's supposed to make it better. So I called Shanna my, my little my little shiksa, which is kind of a derogatory term for non-Jewish woman. But it was again, it was kind of just as the. Uh, was it Jolie in chat who brought up the, uh, the, how the, the minister of the family calls her, calls her and her husband heathens. You know, that's kind of my joke, you know, Oh, it's my a, ha-ha, funny. So it's not really meant with, you know, hatred or malice or anything in it. So, uh, so there's that. Um, and then I kind of, you know, after the, you know, there were some things that, at Tulane that kind of rubbed me the wrong way with the Hillel house in particular, um, because, um, I don't want to go too, into too much of all that because that's not really like impacting my negative experience of living life as a Jew, um, even though it was something that the rabbi just was annoying. It was very annoying in the middle of Yom Kippur ceremonies uh, that, you know, okay hey, donate money to the Hillel. Not, I'm like, isn't there other days we could do this? Maybe you're, I understand you might be short. You might be using this as a fundraising opportunity. and Maybe you have a lot of wealthy uh, students who are attending these services who can, whose families can afford to give, but you know what? maybe give it a rest today. And I kind of stopped going after that. Uh, and one of the other things was that because I went to a conservative synagogue, I always felt weird in Reform synagogues because of the whole musical instrument things. Like a lot of times in Reformed synagogues, you'd have like organs. Um, to me, that reminded me of church. And so the only synagogues that, I, that were anywhere close to, to the university were both Reformed synagogues. And I just kind of let my practicing go to the wayside. My joke about that is, I don't need to practice anymore. I practice enough as a kid. I know how to be a good Jew. I don't need to practice anymore. So, Wes, um, be 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 uh, lay off the of Aaron a little bit. Uh, uh, let's see. Dan is a super nice guy and well informed. Thank you, TL. Um, I appreciate you coming, and I'm, I'm fond of your chats as well. When I'm able to jump in and watch them as well. So go 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 give uh 2 Live a follow as well if you haven't already done so. Uh shout out to that channel. Um I haven't even gotten even touched to any any we might go three hours, who knows? <laughs> uh say so, see you later, Captain Turp. So kind of like so at at Tulane I took I I was having a rough year. I had nothing related to my religion, whatever, but I was having a rough year. Took a year off, so I worked downtown, worked at Pat O'Brien's, you know, worked at another restaurant, Um, got kicked in the pants a little bit financially, realized, okay, let's go back to school, finished up school at University of New Orleans. Of course, at this point, I wasn't worried about whether or not there was a Hillel or not. I just want to go to a good school, and University of New Orleans, frankly, had a better computer science department than Tulane. So that's what I did. That's where I went. Um, and, I, and, and as I was going to University of New Orleans, I had a choice in the matter. The choice was uh, I was decide- trying to determine whether or not I wanted to go to school at University of New Orleans or if I wanted to go back home to Maryland. Uh, and I could have, you know, applied to University of Maryland College Park, uh, trying to get, you know, finish up my computer science degree there. That was another option that I had. And I had friends at University of Maryland um, I mean I had friends that, in in New Orleans as well, but if i wasn 't going to be at tulane uh it it wasn 't you know I, I would have to make some new friends and I'm, i' kind of alienated myself from a bunch of people uh because I ended up you know going there and it, it, it wasn 't that i had i was I, I ended up dating somebody anyway, but that wasn't the that wasn 't the reason why I stayed in New Orleans. The reason why I stayed is honestly I felt like if I went back to Maryland after my bad year off. That I would be giving up, that I would be quitting, and I didn't want to quit. I didn't want to. I don't want to. I, I thought I would kick myself in the pants if I would quit, so I stayed in New Orleans, continued going to school, um, became an independent student for financial aid reasons, uh, and I uh, I graduated ultimately from the University of New Orleans. And while I was going to the University of New Orleans, I was dating somebody else, um, and one of the things, uh, you know, she was also catholic and uh, my, my joke about her is that she uh uh she was a lapsed catholic with the, except for the guilt her mom still knew how to lay on that guilt on her and, and and make her guilty for not doing things that she was supposed to do like going to synagogue there was one time it was probably terrible of me to do but uh you know it was ash wednesday uh, day after mardi gras and it's it's always weird for me because here it's Mardi Gras, and then Ash Wednesday. And everywhere else, it's just Ash Wednesday. There's no big hoo-ha the day before. Uh, so, and of course, on Ash Wednesday, you're supposed to get your ashes on your forehead. And uh, my ex didn't want to deal with that. and But also, didn't. her mom wanted to see her, and she didn't want to have to deal with her mom uh, over her not getting her ashes. So I took a matchbook and lit a couple of matches lit them a bunch, ran them under cold water, got my fingers all ashy, and went, <laughs> oh, so, so, and she, she she got her ashes for me that year, I suppose. Um, so one of my Jewish friends went to law school in a Jewish lawyer? What the heck you say? Uh, so, but, and I heard about this, I, I think I was working at the time, because I went up getting a part-time job that turned into a full-time job, um and so the first year that we dated, my, her mother couldn't believe that she was dating somebody who wasn't Christian. That she was dating a Jewish person, she could not believe it. And and I could tell that there was someone. I was uncomfortable initially. I mean, we dated for years, but that first year, I was very uncomfortable going over to her parents' house because. I, I just didn't feel welcome. And and the reason I didn't feel welcome is because I think that they were, uh, you know, I think that they were, uh, you know, just didn't like the fact that she could be dating somebody who she might marry who was not a Catholic like they were. So then there was one time where I guess her mom finally got used to it, and, and I felt welcomed in the family at some point, um, although there were some things that still kind of disturbed me, like, Uh, Back a while ago, you had the the big election in Louisiana where you had Edwin Edwards versus David Duke, i.e. somebody who was uh, basically a a felon uh, going up against the Klan leader. And there was a saying down here that was, vote for the crook, it's important, and that's how he won. I'm fairly certain that her parents, back in the day, made the decision to vote, not vote for the crook, which kind of disturbed me. I was like, you voted for David Duke, really? Um, But – Yeah. So, but apparently there was one event that, uh, and this is by the time we moved in together into a house. Um, So it was kind of towards the end of the relationship and and she, they were talking and uh, to somebody else at their church. And when they were talking and having the conversation, they brought up that, you know, that she was living with me and that I was Jewish. And his response was, (gasps) You're living with a Jew. I'm like, you know, I mean, they didn't have to tell me that, but she still told me that. And I'm like, well, good. You know, I don't feel welcome anymore in that in that in that church or by that school or what have you. The fact that the person held just such disgust uh, for me uh, for being Jewish, because there are still people who are Catholic who remember what it was like before uh, Pope John Paul came out and said that you know Judaism are. Judaism is Christianity's elder brother in faith whose covenant with God has never been rescinded or revoked. Uh, so P- Pope John Paul said that and then he also basically confirmed that it wasn't the Jews who killed Jesus because for a while one of the things that you know was one of the reasons for anti-Semitism was because people called Jews Christ killers because we got uh, that uh, that guilt was passed down I guess from generation to generation. And so you have a bunch of older people who grew up with those biases. So even if the Pope said, you know what, they're not responsible for it, they already, they already had that ingrained anti-Semitic bias against them that as, that Jews were this way. So um, let's see nothing really new yet in the chat to respond to. So, um, so that was, that was, I guess maybe my first, uh, contact or first real situation dealing with antisemitism. Now kind of rewind back a little bit. I said, we we're going to go back and forth. Uh, when I was in high school, I went to like after an after school that had some classes where I maintained my Hebrew learning, um, one thing that was weird is that I was still learning Hebrew while I was learning Spanish in high school, in my regular high school classes, and uh, it was sometimes in the middle of the Hebrew class, I'd say something, I would come out in Spanish, and be like, no, no, I meant this, and, um, and then everyone would laugh because they knew what I did, but if I would have done that in high school, in my high school class where I was only a Jewish person, and I would have said some nonsense that everyone's like, what are you saying? I would have been looked at like I was freaking weird, and I mean I am weird, but I would look at even as that as if I was even weirder because I'd be talking some gibberish nonsense that they have no idea what to talk about, not understanding the fact that I'm taking Hebrew school classes after regular school. So, and then some of those classes ended up having college credit. Like, and one of the classes that I took uh, was was you know basically all on how to recognize and identify anti-Semitism, and there were. You know, so they had like examples of like you know some kids sitting together telling bad jokes, like telling anti-Semitic jokes. And honestly, you know, I, I some one of the jokes was told, and like all of the people around me in class were like, like they couldn't believe that this joke existed, and I'm sitting there like, because while terrible, it was still kind of funny, like like it was hor- funny in a horrible type of way, but. I just, I I, I was able to control myself enough so that people didn't realize the fact that I was laughing at the joke that I wasn't supposed to be laughing at. Um, But so that through that class, through those classes that I took, I ended up getting like, you know, a a more formal education as to how I can recognize anti-Semitism, how, what you, what they say, what they don't say, how they say things in ways that basically tell you, okay, this person is speaking in code. This person is saying things that are terrible and going over lots of things. For example, one of the projects that we had to talk about, uh, one of the projects that we did is we read the merchant of Venice. And when we read the, Merch- the merchant of Venice, we, um, we went over, uh, you know there's shylock who's the character and and part of it if you heard about the whole you know the whole thing with the pound of flesh so there's and there's debates over whether or not you know wh- whether or not the merchant of venice in and of itself was an anti-semitic book because it perpetuated stereotypes about jews cuz shylock was the money lender and he was uh seen as a terrible person uh and the the whole story if he, if the person didn't pay back the loan to him by a certain date that he would be owed a pound of flesh and then at the end of the story, spoiler alert, um, you had a situation where they were like, well, okay, but if you take a little bit too, if you take more than a pound of flesh, then you're going to be punished. And, uh, and there was lots of things again. But, but then what, uh, was, was the story really anti-Semitic or was the story a critical account of how people treated Jews? So there, there's debate over that. Um, so I was having a conversation on Twitter um four days ago and part of the thing and i'll get maybe i'll get back to more i'm going to get back to more of some of this later uh but part of the thing was um the people telling me people who aren't jewish telling me what i should feel about anti-semitism and uh the topic, topic came out about you know how donald trump said that people in both sides of charlottesville were good people. well to me you know there's the there's the what do you call a 10 people having dinner with a known nazi 11 nazis so they don't have to necessarily be you know wearing their swastikas or doing whatever or, but if if they're sitting down having a nice cordial meal with a non-known nazi then that they've they've they're basically saying that they don't care that he's a Nazi. They'll break bread with him, and to me that there's there's no difference at that point because if you're willing to associate with the Nazi, you're no better than the Nazi yourself. And I don't hold that for many things, but for Nazism, absolutely. Um, so I go, uh, no, I I can't just point at something like I can't just point like, at someone and predict anti-Semitism. Uh, but I was like, can you at least agree that people shouting quote The Jews will not replace us Uh, for background. The Jews will not replace us are kind of the whole idea by the great replacement theory that was behind uh, the the Buffalo shooter that he was kind of reading up information about. Um, The whole theory is that, you know, immigrants, black people, Hispanic people, other persons of color are coming to this country to replace white folks, to replace the the, the pure white people or whatever. And Who's who's responsible for bringing all those people in here? Well, it's, it's us Jews, apparently. Um, but also Nazis are also the Nazis in Charleston were also shouting and marching and saying blood and soil. Um, and you know somebody responded back. Neil the V, v Radio uh, said, "Sure, they would be complete dumbasses, but Trump is not very good at this hating Jews thing." And gives a link to the twenty-some odd Jewish people that donald trump had hired um as 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 proof or as evidence at least that donald trump really didn't hate jews and i'm like the fact that he hired 20 jews did not absolve him of his anti-semitism um donald trump is cited as saying um and not only is donald trump cited as saying uh this he doesn't want black people counting his money um he only wants the people wearing yarmulkes wearing is counting his money, um, and that's perpetuating a harmful stereotype. Well, you know, well, Jew, that Jews are good with money, and that that is a harmful stereotype. Um, and so Donald and Donald Trump, I think, even confirmed that the what was said, how he was quoted, was probably a correct and valid statement. Uh, so somebody else responds to me is like perpetuating a harmful stereotype. The Jewish people. Uh, there's some typos in this that I don't understand, but the Jewish people are, don't think are harmed in the stereotypical assumption of Jews and money. I think history shows that they created the banking system and have had run it or held key positions of it within its inception. And I was like, people still think like this these days. People still think like this these days. Like, and, and, it's just like, people like, well, what's so bad with telling somebody who's Jewish that or assuming that just because they're Jewish that they're good with money? So I responded back, uh, have you read The Merchant of Venice? Uh, the we're good with money stereotype comes with we're greedy on top of that. So it's not just that we're good with money, but we're greedy. Uh, and then that helps to perpetuate vast conspiracy theories that the Jews are manipulating world policy off often to the detriment of non-jews this then leads to acts of semitism again because jews are good with money jews are greedy because they're behind the money and they're behind banking and they're behind these international grand conspiracies like the great replacement theory which you know we're all behind or whatever um this person, if I were you, I'd go learn more history of banking. I'd also look up why Jews had to become moneylenders. Um, one of the reasons in the, in the history that Jews had to become moneylenders uh, is because they were denied the ability to have an, almost any other jobs. So that was the job they were stuck with. They had to be moneylenders. So they forced the Jews to be the moneylenders and then they held the Jews responsible for, and, and punish the Jews for being what they forced them to be. And again, centuries upon centuries of bad arguments, of of anti-Semitism, of discrimination, etc. Let's go ahead and take the first commercial break because I really need to take a drink. Uh, (laughs) Coming back, take your calls as well. 914-803-4131 914-803-4131 This is Liberal Dan Radio Talk to the Left, That's Right. And I think
1: to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah.
0: If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demi Knox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for MarsNet and find me on Twitter by the handle X That's with the letter X like X-Men D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the West, that's right. This is your host, Dan Lynn coming at you from the warm-up to Louisiana. You join the conversation It's 914 803 2131 914 803 You can also join us in the chat over at youtube.com slash Liberal Radio. To support the show, uh, you can uh, subscribe to the channel, share videos. You can also become a Liberal Den Radio patron or contribute to the Buy Me a Cider click the Buy Me sider link at liberalday.com or one of the links that Jolie has shared in the chat. So <clears> throat> it's still not being great and cooperating, so hopefully I don't have a coughing fit in the middle of it and ruin the show. Um, here's the interesting thing, Ethan. Phil, Soros is the best thing for Jews around the world. Well, here's the thing about George Soros. A lot of the times When you hear uh, people bring up George Soros, especially conservatives bringing up George Soros, they will do so as as, that's another one of those code things where, you know, they say it's Soros. It's Soros plot. Soros is behind it all, which is code for the Jews are behind it all because just substitute one for the other. That's what many of them do. Now, some of them, sure, they might not realize that when they're repeating the stuff about Soros, that they're, that that they're helping to perpetuate uh, anti-Semitic stereotypes and anti-Semitic uh, propaganda, but in reality, they are really doing so. <clears throat> I did want to uh, I did want to uh, mention there was apparently I saw on Twitter that hashtag Thanks a lot Antifa was trending, uh, and I was like, I bet you that Thanks a lot Antifa is a uh, is a hashtag that was probably started by oh jeez, <laughs> it was started by uh conservatives trying to mock antifa and then was probably taken over by liberals and the left on on twitter uh to just pile on and be like hey uh this is what antifa is doing in this picture thanks antifa and a picture of uh soldiers uh from world war ii you know holding up the the nazi flag they just captured i.e not, not supporting the nazi flag but supporting the taking down of the Nazi flag. Then of course there's a picture says walls don't work. And uh, thanks, Lion Tifa, and it's a picture of the people scaling the wall at the Capitol on the January sixth insurrection. And it says Proud Boys playing honky Kong, and I'm just about dead at that point. Ethan, I know George Soros is a good person, evil man, they hate him even though they love Israel, which is oxymoronic. when Soros is a Jew who still loves Israel. That's another thing though, is that Their love for Israel, many of these people's loves for Israel has nothing to do with a love of Jewish people. Like, part of, as I understand it, part of prophecy uh, in in the Christian Bible is that in order for the end times to come, you know, when the the Jews have to be in charge of Israel. So you can't have the end times where uh, until the Jew, unless the Jews are in control of the Holy Land which means you need to have a bunch of jews over there so they can be the first to die so with friends like that who needs an enemy but uh so and and there's a lot of you know people who conflate you know supportive israel and supportive and supportive jews there besides those people who are clearly not doing it because they support jews because they want to perpetuate their 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 prophecy and make sure their prophecy can come forward and come true um so there's, and there, there are people who you know who are Jewish who don't support Israel's actions. There are people who are uh, – but there are also people who are against Israel who, who are against Israel because they're anti-Semitic. <clears throat> and a lot of times they'll have to deal with that. Like you'll have – if you're a Jewish creator on TikTok and you post about Jewish things, I mean, more than I do, I think. I don't think I post much on TikTok about Jewish stuff. I have. But um, there are people who will respond – uh, to those, to any video that a Jewish person makes with free with hashtag Free Palestine. And it's like the person's not even talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. They're talking about something completely different. Like they're talking about Passover or they're talking about Yom Kippur. Or they're talking about something else Judaism-related, and you're just going to respond with hashtag Free Palestine and everything they do. Well, that's anti-Semitic because you're making an assumption based off of their religious beliefs that they somehow do not sub- do or do not support the uh, uh, what's going on with the settlements and and what's what's going on with with the Palestinians, etc. So, Ethan, Ethan Weeder, Donald Trump effectively split up the end times by moving the embassy to Jerusalem. I mean, I don't believe in the end times, but uh, that's probably why he did what he did uh, to to uh, you know because he it wasn't the art of the deal. If I was president of the United States and I had the ability to move. Uh, to recognize Jerusalem as the capital, I would be doing a lot involved in that deal to make sure, okay, I'll move the capital of, from Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem, but you need to pull back the settlements first. Something like that. I I, I wouldn't have done something for nothing. But then again, Donald Trump is the he, – he claims to be the art of the deal guy, uh, but he's not the art of the deal. guy. The art, his deals are not very artful, so to speak. Um for a while there was a plan that the temple had to rebuild to satisfy the prophets which is that's another thing like one of the reasons though I don't agree with the whole idea of Judeo-Christian is that <clears throat> um, Judaism believes that you do have to rebuild the temple the temple won't be rebuilt until here's the thing Judaism believes that the temple is not to be rebuilt until the Messiah comes so if, there's so you're not going to so Jews are not going to build the temple until the sign comes, Christianity uh, will try to try and um, <clears throat> make the prophecy come true. So when they say, "Well, they haven't," there's no messiah. The messiah can't have come yet because there's no temple rebuilt. It was, and then they'll be like, "Well, the temple was rebuilt in our hearts." Like, if the temple was to be, be built in their hearts, rebuilt in their hearts, you'd think they would have said something like that in the Bible. So it's a little bit of twisting. Uh, Missed something? What did TV2 say? I have no idea. Because Joey said you, but I must have missed it. Oh, the TV2. Yeah, my live stream schedule. At the moment, my live stream schedule, again, as I said, Wednesday is 8 p.m. Central. Um, now, I might do some other live streams that are not – like I did a live review. I did a six-hour stream that other day where it was like a live review of um, – a bunch of v radios videos, for example, I did a live stream um, where I was responding to that first night of the January sixth hearings as well. so there's that so where where was I back back on the Judaism thing um, so yeah, we had the thing of of that, but of the perpetuating of the harmful stereotypes of Jewish people, but then you also have situations like I, I would post something to Facebook. <clears throat> and the person goes, one of my former Facebook friends, I'm done with the ignorant Nazi comparison, especially from you, i.e. that I'm not supposed to make comparisons to what Donald Trump might be doing or what other people in, poli- in politics might be doing and not be worrying that there's similarities between what they're doing and uh, what's going on, what went on in Germany back before World War II. Um, it, it just, <clears throat> it's like I've had people from, you know, who are from European, Eastern European countries who have also told me that, you know, that, oh, I'm wrong about that. I'm wrong about, well, I've studied this crap. I, 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 I understand what this thing is. Have y'all ever taken a, a class, y'all, the people that I'm arguing with, have y'all ever taken a class on how to recognize uh, anti-Semitism? No, I don't think you have. So maybe you should do me a favor and, you know, listen to to what I'm talking about. Because one of the things I said during the election was, look, we have the playbook. They're lining up for the run, and we're telling you that they're lining up for the run, but yet you want to defend the pass. Uh, use a sports metaphor. Um, other comments that I've made on Facebook, you know, people have responded to me. Uh, have you ever been attacked by a Nazi before? Chances are you you won't, you won't ever meet one. Oh, God. I don't want to take that risk to allow Nazis to take hold because you know then the Nazis will come out the woodwork as we saw this is four years ago as we saw with you know Donald Trump Donald Trump emboldened anti-semitism emboldened racism emboldened bigotry uh, another person Dan come on man when you see an actual Nazi with an Einstein, please call me I'll bring my unicorn and then and another person your fear is irrational but if you're afraid, carry weapons, so, so basically, I am, a Jew, as a Jewish person, am not, and, and that's, that's just a smattering of the comments. i gotten from people on Facebook who are supposed to be my friends who are who calling me crazy for, for all of the things that I predicted. And many of the things I predicted about Trump were true, that he would get to name three Supreme Court justices, for example. Um, but yeah, it, it's this whole idea that, that, you know, telling Jewish people that they're not to be concerned about anti-Semitism. <laughs> like telling black people don't you shouldn't be worried about the plan well maybe you should be um so yeah people treated me as absurd for being concerned with trump's 2016 rhetoric and what did trump do in 2016 you know he campaigned on, as we've we've played this in the show before a total and complete ban of muslims entering the country which is basically scapegoating an entire religion uh he ran on uh, calling uh you know, Mexicans, you know, rapists and murderers, some of whom are good people, uh, that sort of thing. And then he also ran on, on he, his whole thing with the, with the fake news. His whole fake news thing is basically calling the press a bunch of liars. Calling the press a bunch of, you know, Lugan Press is what Hitler called the press. Why did Hitler call the press the Lugan Press or the lying press? It's because... He knew that the press would be reporting on him, and that people would more than likely want to believe the press and what they're saying is true. So, what better way to combat that is is then by basically saying, "Look, anything you hear from the press about me is false because they're the lying press. They're making stuff up. They're not being truthful. They're not going to be truthful about me. They always lie about me." So, and, and then you get your your followers believing that the press is not to be trusted. So then, when the press runs. Uh, valid articles explaining the harms that, that this person is doing to the country, then he gets to get away with it because the supporters will be like, okay, they're just lying. They're not telling the truth. This can't be the truth because Donald Trump said it's fake news. The, the media is fake media. Why would I not take that as a concern? Why would I not, not look that, oh, you're grabbing these, these sheets from the playbook. What other sheets from the playbook are you planning? Let's see. No, Trump said foreigners would be banned. Essentially, well, I mean, no. He, Trump said that Muslims, when he wanted Muslims to be banned. Now he now he eventually wanted to build the wall to stop you know migration from uh, the south. Then he did the travel ban from China during COVID, and everybody's like, well, wasn't that the right thing to do? Well, no, because people were already here with COVID, so it had already spread. There are people spreading it to from Europe. To the United States so if you wanted to shut down air travel shut down all air travel or all all not essential air travel Uh, and and when you run for president on a campaign of xenophobia and bigotry by you know wanting to ban every Muslims from coming into the country total and complete ban and wanting to build a wall to stop the all the rapists and murderers coming from the south uh, one's gonna think that anything else you 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 push forward that deals with the entirety of one, you know, nationality or whatever, is going to be based on xenophobia and bigotry and not based on science. But Donald Trump, you know, you know, it's called science. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> but like. There's other other examples like you know somebody brought up that you know people bring up you know somebody the, the, the Mike Lindell the pillow guy called Zuckerberg Zuckerbucks. again another uh, thing he's a Jewish person and here's his money and he's a billionaire and he's a Jew so he's terrible um, according to them there was one time I got uh, thrown in Facebook jail why did I get thrown in Facebook because I think there was I think it was a Pennsylvania protest and there was a woman at this Pennsylvania protest who was a conservative who was were having a sign that had the Auschwitz words above it. So I shared this picture to criticize it. I said, look, I this this look at this terrible person holding up this terrible sign or whatever. It was sh- I don't know if it was on her shirt or she was holding the sign or what have you, it's been a while. But I shared it and it immediately got yanked and I got put in Facebook jail for three days because I shared hate things that was considered hate speech or whatever. I'm a Jewish person, and I'm not allowed to criticize anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic imagery. I'm not allowed to criticize when people are anti-Semitic <clears throat> by showing pictures of them being anti-Semitic because I will then get labeled as anti-Semitic. It's absurd that I, as a Jewish person, cannot. Everybody should be exposing Nazism. Everybody should be exposing... Anti-Semitism, racism, bigotry, etc. But the idea that I should be suspended from from Facebook for days because I I shared a picture that I didn't agree with and that I was being critical of, and because they do all things most things automatically these days, um, there's no way to appeal it pretty much. Um. So, but now since I don't want to lose my ability to use Facebook because I use Facebook in part, facebook.com slash liberal band. I use Facebook to promote the show. I have a, I have a Facebook group that has over 10,000 people in it. One, it. What in the unseasoned name of Karen is this called is the name of the group. I have other groups that are based off of that as well. Um, but I don't want to lose my ability to, to promote things for my show on Facebook. So I have to then be careful about what I do. Like when the individual was, There was a picture of the individual at the January 6th insurrection, and this guy was wearing a shirt uh, that said six million wasn't enough, referring to the amount of Jews that died in the Holocaust. Now, uh, normally I would want to put this picture up and say, look at this horrible person wearing this shirt. And then, but I can't, because I'm afraid that Facebook's going to ban me because I'm sharing a picture of a guy in a shirt Saying something anti-se- anti-Semitic and not taking that 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 commentary of it in the context in which it's given, i.e., this is a piece of crap, this is what was invading the the Capitol on on uh, January sixth, and these are the people marching right alongside this Nazi. No, I can't shoot that. So I have to, I have to withhold or prevent myself from sharing things that I really want to share and say because I'm concerned that I'll lose my ability to use the website because of their ridiculous and arbitrary rules based off of what gets kicked off and what doesn't get kicked off. Uh, why was the 6 million wasn't enough t-shirt guy banned, not banned from society in general? Oh no! <clears throat> I mean, it would be very hard for me to not see that person in like, you know, want to just cut the damn uh, shirt off. Of my Jewish friends are all as broke as I am. Isn't that the truth? Uh, <clears throat> the truth is, is that, you know, you never have enough money. You just never do. Today, I mean, I looked at my credit card, and I noticed it was a little high today. I was like, why the hell? Apparently, somebody stole my credit card number and racked up a $1,000 worth of charges at some store. Now, I've replaced it all and everything. So everything looks to be good and fine, but still, you know. But even then, like I'm still you know I'm doing real, kind of well for myself at these days with my position at my, the company that I'm working at, et cetera, and it's just like it's never enough money like there's always something else that pops up, like our electricity bill was like four hundred last month because we had to run the air conditioning air conditioning like twenty four seven because the fan wasn't working properly, or else it would have been burning up hot, so four hundred dollars of electricity later. <clears throat> And, of course, it's one of the hottest summers in recent history. That's going to keep the AC pumping as well. Um, TV2 Live, I wouldn't do well meeting a person like that in person. I don't think so. I would either. I think it would be very hard for me to not take actions into my own hands. Now, I probably wouldn't. Um, but I'd probably be afraid what, what he might have, you know, hiding in his pants somewhere, and how he might use it. Um Phil, I comment on Facebook that it would be good to know who built the gallows and my friend was hacked by fake Facebook cops and inundated by others. Um, Patty Whack, I got in trouble for saying white trash. Yeah, I've, I've gotten in trouble for for saying other things similar to that. There's weird things that I've gotten in trouble for. And only once I think I was able to successfully challenge what the report or whatever that was made about me. So, But it's, it's ridiculous that, again, I as a Jewish person can't share things that Concerned me as evidence that look, I'm I'm not ridiculous for believing what I believe. This is what's going on in our country right now, but I I'm afraid to share it on Facebook because if I do, I get another Facebook ban. Um, what else? Um, one of the things you know, I really liked the Borat movie. You know, the Borat movies. So I think he did a really good job with the Borat with with and being very entertaining. Uh, however. There's a clip from the first Borat movie. Uh, I don't even know if it made the initial movie, but it was him uh, at, a, at a, like a country hoedown in Texas or whatever, and uh, he sings the show about throwing the Jews down the well. It, first, it it starts off tame. Then he starts getting and you know talking about the transportation issues in his country in Kazakhstan, and then he starts singing about uh, and he's Jewish. They start singing about throwing the Jews down the well. And I'm like, and then the people in the audience who are who were like kind of nonplussed by the first verse, which didn't mention any Jews, now start getting all excited into it. Oh, he's singing about the Jews, yeah. And they're like, yeah, just do it. They're all they're all getting into the song. And I'm like, again, yeah, this is happening in this country. I'm not it was a while ago, but still, it's you know what, 2000 and later. I forget when born originally came out after the year 2000 maybe after the year 2010 and you have people enjoying the fact that they want to, you know be anti-semitic to jewish people and i don't i don't hate on sasha Baron cohen for doing that bit it, it did a good job revealing the anti-semitism that still exists in this country that still exists as a threat to people who are jews because look I may very well be a lapsed Jew. I may very well be a non-practicing Jewish person. Nazis don't care. The anti-Semites don't care. It doesn't matter that, it doesn't matter that I, I, I don't follow the religion. What matters is the fact that I was born Jewish and I have Jewish blood, Jewish, I guess, you might say Jewish DNA, because uh, they, they do actually, in Ancestry, they will tell you, Okay, this is this is your percentage and I'm forty nine percent European Jewish and then a bunch of other European, then like one percent Sardinia. I'm like I'm like completely white, white, white. Um Wesley one. What's what are you hinting about? I'm miss I'm missing this. Uh speak and interpret every language known to mankind. I have wanna, oops, can't tell you what uh is, this a, is that like mocking religion? Is that what you're saying? Then uh, you shall eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. Omni market. Each person joining Satan gets thirty-two thousand five hundred twenty-three in crypto coin and the forty-dollar bags soon as Why? I'm so confused right now. I I have to quote Towie from South Park. I have no idea what's going on right now. Or wait, reading that stuff, I'm thinking. Um, Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Or...
1: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking.
0: I think I did it in the wrong way. Looks order. like
1: I picked the wrong week to quit smoking.
0: Because yeah, I don't know if he's mocking the people who are like that or if he's being like that. I really don't understand it yet, so I guess let it play out for a second and see what happens. See what happens because again, it helps the metrics, right? More people that come into the thing, all the any trolls, trolls help as long as they're not being too terrible. Um, well, let's go ahead. I guess I can go ahead and take the second commercial break. Uh, take another little break as well. Look for a thing or two during the break. Come back, take your calls as well. Uh, give uh, Aaron the opportunity to hear. Uh, the commercial for the Percy podcast. (laughs) So don't ever say I don't do anything for you, Aaron. Uh, Uh, 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. do you want to set money aside for a rainy day do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month what if i told you that you can get both and have a chance to win 10 million dollars yada is an fdic insured bank and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com open an account and make your first deposit you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing you will also get entries each week you have a balance so go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A.liberaldan.com. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Field to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression, and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Level Field. Contributions are not tax-deductible as charitable contributions. And welcome back to Little Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. <clears throat> this is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. 914-803-4131, as written in the chat. Um, Continuing to talk about uh, my life living as a Jewish person um, and, and, and the issues that I have to deal with. Again, it's not as everyday effect, as of impact in my life as what my life as an overweight person has been. Uh, but there's still incidents. And, you know, I, I was concerned. I was absolutely concerned uh, with the rise in anti-Semitism, the rise of hate speech against Jewish people. I'm against anybody, really, the rise in racism that took place during the Trump campaign, after Trump won, especially after Charlottesville. He emboldened and empowered anti-Semites, racist bigots uh, to be more vocal about their anti-Semitism, racism, bigotry, et cetera. So... Was um, that? Also, also, side note. I think I, you know, I've kind of moving to the idea that I'm using the Blog Talk Radio uh, platform more to be my soundboard and phone call taking device. But in reality, I, I really am not really pushing anybody to the Blog Talk Radio site anymore. I'm more. To, I want people to watch on YouTube or they could listen along on YouTube and maybe if if they have to listen after the fact they can hear the podcast. However, if you're listening to the after podcast, if the afterwards of this podcast uh, you may very well have just heard a large skip of of silence because I think I forgot to turn the mic back on on the blog talk radio (laughs) site. Oops. So it happens, you know, it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, couple things i did want to talk about but again if you had uh i missed i completely missed if wesley said anything else terrible um let's see should name it stop the steal let's see how every all the man <laughs> stop the steal dot liberal com. that would be hilarious um i've not read the protocols of the elders of zion um welcome to the chat cd uh Make sure to subscribe, like the channel, uh, et cetera. So um, let's pull that up and see if that's a horrible thing or not. Undercalls of the Elders of Zion, Uh, Holocaust Encyclopedia, Protocols, of the of Zion is most notorious and widely distributed anti-Semitic publication in modern times. It lies about Jews, which have been repeatedly discredited, continue to circulate today, especially on the Internet. The individuals and groups who have used the protocols are linked by a common purpose to spread hatred of the Jews. This is according to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. Um, I, I was pretty sure that it was an anti-Semitic thing, uh, but, you know, I, I, it might have been one of the things we went over in that class. I don't remember every specific text uh, that we read. Uh, the origin of a lie in 1903, portions of the Protocols of of design was serialized in a Russian newspaper, Znamya, The banner, the version of the Protocols had endured and translated into dozens of languages, however, the first published in Russia um, as an appendix to the Great and the Small, the coming of the Antichrist and Rule of state on Earth. Um, blah, blah, blah. In 1921, the London Times presented conclusive proof that the Protocols was a clumsy plagiarism. Uh, the Times confirmed the Protocols had been copied in large part from a French political satire that never mentioned the Jews. Um uh, Nazi Party ideologue Alfred Rosenberg introduced Hitler to the protocols during the early twenties, as Hitler was developing his worldview. Hitler referred to the protocols in some of his early speeches, and throughout his career he exploited the myth that Jewish Bolshevists were coming conspiring to control the world. Uh, stuff like that protocols today. According to US Department of State's report on global anti-Semitism, the clear purpose of the protocols is to incite hatred of the Jews and of Israel. Yeah, um I'm sure I, I don't know if, if the uh the grinding up of the kids and putting them into the matzes and passover is part of that or if there's something else. Um don't want to read about it too much. But I mean, you should understand that and this is the form, this is what happens, this is how anti Semitism is allowed to uh thrive and fostered in our society because crap like this still still gets brought up. Um which is terrible. So let's see what else. what other the things. Um, just sometimes I like to troll the people back. Like you know, there's there is always people proselytizing, proselytizing in the French Quarter. Um, and me and my wife were out one day, and we were and we were stopped by uh, one of these people uh, who. Um, who were just trying to convince me to to accept Jesus Christ as my, my Lord and savior and repent for all my sins. And I asked the person, I was like, uh, the word of God is perfect. Right. And he goes, of course. I'm like nothing. God has ever said is wrong. Right. He's like, that's correct. I was like, so in, infallible. There's nothing, anything that has ever been done by God is infallible. God never made a mistake. Yes. So, the covenant that God made with the Jews is eternal, i.e. it lasts forever, right? Right? He goes, uh, so that would technically mean that I, as somebody who was raised Jewish, as somebody who was born Jewish, somebody who is a Jewish person, I uh, would not be required to uh, accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior and, and confess all of my sins in order to make it to heaven because I already have a covenant with God through my Judaism that gets me there already and he goes you're right i was like I shook his hand I'm like thank you very much you have a great night but so i got the evangelical person to leave me alone and tell me i was right on a matter of religion it was glorious and my wife just cracked up because it was really quick so um you know one of, one of the things that uh, comes up a lot of times is you know people will you'll hear every once in a while the jews for jesus you know, Jews for Jesus you people who are claimed to be Jewish but also claim to support Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior uh, what Jews for Jesus really is is just another evangelical tool of the evangelical right, right wing of this country to uh, spread misinformation about Judaism and what Jewish beliefs are in order to get more people into the church so Jews for Jesus is absolutely an anti-semitic organization because it it, it, it uh, appropriates Jewish culture and uses it against us to try and force people to no longer be Jewish. If you could argue that it might be a form of genocide because they're trying to stop Jews from being Jews. Yeah, multiple maniac Jews for Jesus and Campus Crusade Messianic Jews. Ah, yeah, the same people like the Campus Crusade folks are some of the people that marched down the. Um, Marched down the French Quarter, and one of them was like, you know, put the big old wooden cross with the wheel at the back. And I remember shouting, "One Mardi Gras, Jesus didn't have a wheel!" And a bunch of people around me laughed. And then I watched an episode of The Simpsons, like two years later, and Bart goes, "Jesus didn't have a wheel!" And I was like, "Ah, I did it first. I did it before The Simpsons." Um, let's see, then there was the times where, you know. I used to do Uber and Lyft during my times between my full-time positions. And it was a very busy night, and I was picking up somebody from downtown, and I'm bringing them all to Metairie, which is on the outskirts of town. It's, 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 you know, maybe a 15, 20-minute ride from where we were to where we would be, plus the waiting time because we were waiting for a bunch of people to get all their bags from the hotel or whatever. And while we're waiting for the people to come downstairs with bags or whatever, the, the individual in the front seat who sat down next to me, Um, he started to want to talk about politics and I'm like, "Eh." I only, the only way I talk about politics in this car, typically in my car, typically when I was driving people around was if I knew that it was going to be a a, a discussion where we would all agree because I didn't want to risk, you know, my livelihood at the time, uh, pissing somebody off because I spouted a political belief. I, I had, that's what I have the podcast for piss the people off that way i don't have the i don't need to do that in my ride sharing time we can talk about tourism and other things when as we're uh as we're driving in the car uh this person starts talking about um starts talking about something with christianity or something and i tried to get away with it well i was raised jewish so i really don't follow all that and then he started going then he started going uh oh well jewish people well no the Rothschilds are behind the international banking and I'm like are you freaking kidding me right here and so I had a decision to make I'm like do I have to do I sit here for the next 20 minutes listening to this guy with his anti-semitic rhetoric talking about the Rothschilds and international banking etc do I have to sit here and listen to that for 20 minutes Or do I just stop the ride now and say, look, I'm not giving you a ride because I don't give rides to (sighs) anti-Semites? Well, I needed the money because I wasn't going to turn away the good ride. I don't know if there's a stereotypical or ethnic joke to make there about myself or not, about me choosing the money over over having to deal with the fact that I'm having to listen to this guy rant about Jews about money. The irony was not lost on me there, but you better believe at the end of the day, at the end of the ride, after all of them were out, I was like one star report rider. I'm not getting matched up with these people again, because, oof, again, and and, and oddly enough, I delivered the people or drove the people to around the same, around the same area in the same exact neighborhood where the church was, where my ex-girlfriend's family members, friend or whatever went, you're living with a Jew. So, maybe it's just typical of that area to have people who believe in such bs in order to in order to pass the time i guess or to or to just maybe they just have not outgrown because he was an older gentleman as well so i don't I'll use the term gentleman loosely but yeah it's just not was it a pleasant ride let's just say that TV <laughs> Dana, do you mean all Jews are related to Ned Rothschilds? of course of course we are why why i would I say anything different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, let's see now that was just turning the other cheek. I wish I would have turned the, my rear cheeks at him and just moved them and just said, get the heck out of my car. But, um, yeah, but he wasn't going to get in my car again, at least under that account. Um, let's see Sparkling dragon, all the crazy stuff they say and how ridiculous it is that people follow this crap with such hypocrisy. Yeah. It, 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 there's, there's absolute hypocrisy, but as, as, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the Percy podcast, says, uh, hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. Um, the Jolie, Jehovah's Witness come to the house. Our husband is destined to send sign language interpreters every here every couple of months to share the good news of my husband. <laughs> have you heard the good news? I should make a... Have you heard the good news about Liberal Dan Radio? Talk from the left, that's right. Um, Liberal Dan has come uh, from the... Uh, <laughs> Liberal Dan has, has come to, to spread joy and cheer, like a jolly fat man, just not white beard. Um I have somebody who I knew who when Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or whomever would come to his house, uh, he would come to the door with with a robe with a giant like wizard robe on, with like a a Dungeons and Dragons manual and be like, Hey, we're about to go do the ritual sacrifices in back, you wanna join us or are you gonna pass? And then they would they scurried away and wouldn't come back, which is hilarious. Uh, dragon and Dragon Jolie answered the door naked. My stepdad did and it never came back. That's hilarious. Um, someone who doesn't want to learn can be any age and be a bigot. Absolutely. I mean, racism and bigotry, and anti-Semitism, etc., are all based on um, willful ignorance. Because you don't start off being bigoted. You just end up being bigoted. Uh, nice. I would have worn a fake KKK outfit. Maybe, maybe the pink one. Like get a pink one. Like you know the the fabulous clansmen. Um, I love I love when you have that when people are mocking the Klan and they and they wear that the pink robes instead of the white ones. Uh, I guess it happens when you wash your red socks in uh, in with with the with your white robes. <sighs> so yeah. So as I was saying though, like. So there's been situations where, you know, in my life where, you know, you know I've been a little afraid for generally speaking for uh, society because society seemed to be uh, going on that ledge of getting back to anti-Semitism. And I don't even know, like, I'm still concerned about it. I'm concerned in in uh, 2022, 2024, what might happen. People People might take, you know, one of, my, one of my arguments recently has been, yeah, I understand, usually every, with everybody, it's the economy stupid, and the economy sucks, the country just tends to want to go change tracks and go somewhere else, but it, this is one of these points in times where you can't allow us to change tracks, because if we change tracks, and we allow the fascists to take over, then we're going to end up, what are we going to end up with? the the Republicans have already put giving themselves a severely unfair advantage when it comes to electoral politics when it comes to drawing gerrymandering lines when it comes to drawing unfair districts when it comes to giving themselves undue power um, in the Congress in the Senate etc so you uh it's it's terrifying as a thought that well these people are could ever come back in the power that these people could ever you know get control again and that people are just blind to it and you know a lot of people say like well you're saying that trump is a white supremacist you're saying trump is, a, is an anti-semite but are you saying that about all of his voters and I'm like well at, in 2016 maybe not i think there were people who in 2016 who were hoodwinked who were made to believe that he was a populist of some sort but You know, in reality, he's not. But but at this point, to people who voted for him in 2020, um, what what you're telling everybody by voting for Donald Trump is that, you know, you might say that you're not an anti-Semite. You might say that you're not a bigot or a racist. However, what you are saying is that the bigotry, the anti-Semitism, and the racism that comes from Trump isn't a big enough deal to get you to vote against him. And if you're willing to ignore the bigotry, if you're willing to ignore the anti-Semitism and the racism, then how is that any morally – and, and still allow the individual who is an anti-Semite, who is a bigot, who is a racist, to come to power. I don't see the moral difference in the two. If you're enabling anti-Semitism, if you're enabling bigotry, if you're enabling racism, there's no difference than being anti-Semitic or bigoted or, or racist as well. Um, Montevideo. The whole electoral bias is that dirt gets rep- representation, and they are the minority. We cannot let them win. Yeah, and that's that's part of the problem with the Senate. Uh, it's part of the problem with the Electoral College is that you know we allowed states to be created that were tiny and they've remained tiny, but yet they still have overwhelming support, like a electoral vote in you know what is it. Wyoming is like 200, some some amount of people like like the power of of an electoral vote in Wyoming is much more than like much fewer people get one control one vote. So you have like almost three times the power with your vote in Wyoming as you do in California um, in the Electoral College. Um, temple twenty twelve twelve nine 12-19, Republicans just passed a bunch of laws shifting capital upward, now complaining about the co- economy. The laws in effect are the ones they passed Exactly. Uh, again, because as my little brother, the host of the most Nimbus Yosh, with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast, uh, hypocrisy is the conservative prerequisite. Like, they complain about the price of gas. Hal Sparks was talking about this earlier today on his show. He that they complain about the price of gas, then they vote against, I think it was Hal was talking about that, they complained about the price of gas. Maybe it was somebody else, I don't know. But the, no, it was actually no. It was Demodux. Demodux was suggesting a hypocrite of the week this week, and uh, was, was, was has proposed a hypocrite of the week this week of you know people, Republicans who uh, Re- Republicans who were arguing, complain about Joe Biden not doing anything about the price of gasoline in the country, and then voting and then complaining and crying. That Biden wants wants to propose to do a tax holiday a tax holiday on gasoline so that the price of gas can come down a good bit for that holiday, because they're hypocrites because they they want to complain about anything and blame it all on Biden but then don't want to solve it. Why don't they want to solve it? Because they want to continue to blame it on Biden. And the unfortunate thing is, people will believe them. People will just oh it must be true, yeah. Biden is, 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 is his president, and so he's in control of everything. And, and as a general rule, as we all know, presidents cannot affect gasoline prices in any meaningful way. Now, there are exceptions, and there is an exception with Donald Trump, because if you listen to the show, you've heard this already before. You have a situation where Donald Trump negotiated during the pandemic, Remember when gasoline or when oil was getting so cheap that they were having to pay people to take it? Like gasoline was, or oil was that cheap that it was just ridiculously priced? Uh, it was like basically, hey, take my oil, please. Like Henny Youngman of, of oil barons. Uh, and you had uh, a... It was hurting, I guess, American oil companies because they couldn't handle the low price of oil. So Trump goes and negotiates with with OPEC and with Putin over in Russia to convince them to reduce their production by millions of barrels per day. At first, I think it was nine and six or something like that. And he does that, which then allows the American oil companies to do the same thing, to artificially restrict the uh, flow of oil out of their wells. Uh, to make sure that oil is artificially restricted in supply wise, which will artificially increase the price of oil, which then artificially increases increases the price of gas. But nowhere in this agreement did was any trigger put forward to say, Oh, if we start coming back out of the pandemic, if we start doing all this stuff, then the agreement goes away, and you go back to to regular manufacturing amounts, regular drilling and refining amounts. Nope, that didn't happen. So you had these companies still maintaining their low or lower oil output that they agreed to all the way through at least April of 2022, yet they, uh, they, they did once, once the demand started shooting back up, they didn't change the, the, they didn't withhold the amount that they supplied, or they continued to withhold the amount that they supplied, and thus creating a huge spike in oil. And because I did my homework after listening to Hal, you know, we've proved on this show, you know, what Hal said in that if before every recession, you know, every every economic downturn comes a huge spike in oil costs. So let's see. Ethan, love how YouTube brooms good people unless trolls and bots live rent-free. I mean, I don't understand the metrics of everything. Like I would love to be able to get, you know – I have a feeling that maybe I'm not getting as many people listening or following or watching or getting the notifications in the streams. Hey, here's the thing. Uh, because I, maybe I'm not doing the right thing right with my metrics or with my, with my tagging or with my dis- video descriptions or what have you. I don't know. Um, I don't know why that would be the case, but we need more people to, uh, to, to get on the show, <laughs> more subscribers, please. Um, thank you. TV 2 live. Appreciate your kind words. Uh, I can see or rather hear and feel like I relate. Awesome. Appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share with your friends. Uh, Ethan, Trump is an idiot. That's why OPEC is screwing us over now. Biden can only ask people to produce more oil. That might help. You just described supply shock. Yep, basically that's supply shock. Um, Except for the fact that it's artificial supply shock. They could release it anytime they want to. They could release more anytime they want to, but they're not going to because they're making billions of dollars in profit and paying that money off to their shareholders or keeping it as profits themselves uh, instead of allowing the customers to receive uh, the benefits of that. And we're completely off the Jewish thing at the moment, but it's fine. We go off the rails sometimes too. Um, I haven't used hashtags in my titles. Maybe I should try and do that. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? I completely forget. Completely lost my train of thought. Um, Phil, I found you after Hal was on your show. Awesome. Hal will be on the show again next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash or Liberton Radio here on YouTube. Uh, yes, we have confirmed Hal Sparks on the show yet again uh, next week, next Wednesday, which will be good. Um, oh, I was going to talk about price elasticity of demand. Um, that's right. Because the reason why, you know, you can artificially restrict supply and then charge much more money Uh, for your products because there's a certain amount of gasoline that I have to use every day, you know, and granted I work from home. So that, that the amount for me is less, but the amount of gasoline that a typical worker has to do every day, going back and forth to work, that typical worker is, is going to have to spend money to get back and forth to work. So what happens? So that person has to spend more money to pay for the gas which means that person has less money to spend on other things because it gasoline, at least at that level, the demand is price inelastic, meaning the price is, is less likely or the demand for the good is less likely to react to changes in price, at least for the required gasoline. Now somebody might say it's now become too expensive for me to take a trip to Florida. So I'm not going to do that this year. Then sure that that's, that's making a decision in that, that, demand for that sort of gasoline purchases are, are more elastic than, they are, than the rest of it would be. But it's rather price inelastic for the required gasoline. Now, you might have a situation where if gasoline gets too expensive, you just jump on public transportation. Um, and I think, I think it was Crystal, I, don't, I haven't watched Real Time with Bill Maher in a while, but I think Crystal Ball was on Real Time uh, with Bill Maher and they were talking about that. And she brought up a, a pretty decent point, which is that if you are giving a gasoline tax holiday. To so people, who is that helping? Is that helping the poorest of the poor? I don't know. The poorest of the poor may very well not be affected by gasoline hikes directly because they're more likely to take the bus. Maybe they take the bus. Maybe they're taking a New Orleans a streetcar or subway or some other form of public transportation where it's not burning their own fuel, so therefore they don't see it as much. So perhaps perhaps a lot of the people uh, who might be helped by gasoline tax holiday are not the people who are the most vulnerable of us? The most vulnerable of us. So we'll have to see. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But I think it was a good point brought up by Crystal Ball as well. Darren, um, I heard YouTube doesn't like a lot of hashtags and title and description. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, apparently, just having House Sparks on my show is good enough to ha- is is good enough to bring in more of an audience, which is fine. You know, I'm just. Happy about the fact that I was. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I talked about this much on the podcast in and of itself. Um, the TVT like gas tank file they reduce my tank fill up from 150 to 144. 60. Oof. I'm sorry, man. That's terrible. Um, in reality, like I get my gas at Costco, so my gas is already cheaper than than most other places around me because Costco gives cheaper gas to their to their subscribers to their members so that's nice um, but not everybody can afford to be a member of Costco or, or even wants to be a member of Costco so um, and Phil Stone, good point there are not buses everywhere so there are people who are going to you know be benefited from it but uh, especially the concentrations of poverty tend to be in bigger cities uh, you know, you might have poor people, in, you know, living outside the city's shore, but the concentrations, lots and lots of poor people living in the cities who may very well just be taking advantage of uh, public transportation versus vehicles. But maybe those people might not even drive anyway. A lot of people like in Manhattan, a lot of people in New York just use public transportation just to get around and to get it with and don't even own a car in many cases. So, TV2 um, Live, $5 savings, not complaining, but it won't change my family's budget, pretty much. Um, and with me, on the other hand, you know, I have to go back and forth to Costco. I have to go back and forth and run several errands more, more likely than after most of my driving, you know, especially in the summer, I don't have to go to bring the kids to school every morning, but I'm using much, much less fuel than I was previously. Hey, Laura Malcolm. Thank you for joining the chat. Um, and what was I going to say? Uh, got distracted. Uh. Yeah, so, so the people who are – so the people in the summer, there's less travel, I guess. So so my impact is even less if I were to get a sales tax or gas tax holiday now, um, maybe a little more during when fall hits, when I have to bring the kids back and forth to school or at least two school in the mornings every day. Um, Aaron, I haven't had a car since February. Uh, is that by choice or um, – we – this sucked. Let me tell you how badly this sucked. Um February of 2020 my wife's car breaks down right February of 2020 so pandemic has started but it, it this is like early February like February 6th yeah February 6th cuz why it was my son's youngest son's birthday her car breaks down had we known that we were going to have a shutdown, we wouldn't have replaced the car. But February eighth of twenty twenty, we went ahead and bought a brand new car for my wife. And then a month later, everything gets shut down. So we've been having this new car, or we've had this car since February twenty twenty, and now is what June twenty twenty two. So over two years now, two year, two and two years a third, or so. And, I mean, she only has like 12,000 miles on it. It's it's ridiculous. The car hopefully will last us for a very long time. But, you know, we probably could have made do during the pandemic without having a car payment for at least until the kids went back to school. And even then, probably didn't have to worry about it. We probably could have still made do with one car. As terrible. as terrible. We should have. It was just a super bad timing. Now, at at the end of the... Car note, which should be less than another two years, but um, I'm sorry about your accident, Aaron. Um, do all municipal buses play fuel tackles? I don't know if they do or not. It's a good question. We can Google that. Uh, do
1: municipal
0: transportation pay? I should have said. I'm getting a lot of bad hits on this not not seeing anything necessarily a lot, lot of who pays for roads and not do does does RTA pay gas on taxes does RTA pay uh, gasoline taxes let's see if that comes up. No it's still not coming up. Uh, as, as a good hit. Um, boo. Anyway, again, sorry about tracks. I don't, did I say sorry already? I think I did. Uh, but I'm hopefully, and then my other car, like my wife's car has like 12,000 miles. My, my van has like almost 200,000 miles on it. So hopefully we can make that stretch for a long time. And once this car gets paid off, well, hopefully we'll be able to go longer and not have to worry about any sort of uh, buying a car payment for at least a few more years. Save up some money, especially because uh, I'm dreading what's coming. Because there's there's uh, a potential um, increase in healthcare costs that I have to worry about. Maybe I'm not going to go too much into that, but there's not 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 health related, but whatever. Um, there's the EIDL loan that I took out because I was an independent contractor when the bright when the pandemic started, so I took out an EIDL loan that helps help survive, and well, you know, that's going to come due eventually, and I have to start making payments on that. Furthermore, um, student loans, I have a whole crap ton of student loans, and I'm going to have to make payments on those things too, so that's going to be a huge hit to my, uh, that's going to be a huge hit to, to my available income once those things come due, and it might all come around at the same time, and I'm not going to be a very happy camper when it does. Anyway. Um I think I've kind of used up all of the uh all all of the you know, maybe a too long didn't listen version of the show. Um, you know, I'm you know, every every now and then you deal with anti-Semitism, it it's you know, there there's that fear living in the back of your head as somebody who's Jewish that what might happen next because there's a lot of time when you, especially when you go to like the Hebrew school and stuff like that. And I've had people like, tell me, like say one of the, one of the same people I quoted about, you know, where he said, if you see a Nazi, I'll bring my unicorn. And that person also has like a Jewish friend or two. And my Jewish friends think you're ridiculous worrying about this stuff. Really? Well, then I was like, then I like something Trump Trump would do. I'm like, was I, was I silly now? Was I silly now? Really? And so there's always that concern in the back of your head of when's the next Hitler going to come? When's the next Nazi going to be? When's the next time that I'm going to have to deal with something and deal with, some, deal with something terrible because of the fact that I was raised Jewish? When's the next threat going to be? So it's something that we have to think about a lot. It's like, as a white man, I have that privilege, but I still have that potential for harm in the back of my head that's always kind of lurking. And it's maybe one of the reasons why, you know, during the civil rights era, you ended up seeing a, a lot of Jewish people marching with black people for civil rights because Jews understood the importance of civil rights. And it was whenever I see somebody, and like there's circumstances like during World War II or before World War II, but back, you know, you know they, they wouldn't allow scientists to come, you know, just flee. Germany without a job so the historically historically black colleges and universities would hire on these Jewish scientists as professors helping them to escape Nazi Germany and allowing themselves to have great you know teachers teaching this you know new science that was top-notch but you know the fact that you know what happens the next time will there be a next time We, we don't have the luxury Jewish people have never had the luxury to stop worrying about anti-Semitism. Because when we get complacent and when we stop worrying about it is when the next one hits. So that's kind of like the summary of everything. And we we always get reminders. The person driving in my car talking about the Rothschilds, the person on Twitter saying how, oh, it's not that big of a deal that Jews are being known for good with money. It's not that big of a deal it is a huge deal because many of the things that have been used you know repeat themselves the same lies get repeated over and over again and we don't have the luxury to sit there and just say eh, it'll never happen again now we do say never again when it comes to like the Holocaust and when it comes to uh, actions that would escape going an entire religion for example Jews say never again because we don't want it to ever happen again but most of us won't say it can never happen again because we know that it can and we get reminders of it enough people get reminders of it enough some people you know like you know the Jewish people who still support Trump despite his xenophobia big, bigotry racism anti-semitism etc um, for some reason they haven't learned the lessons that they just should have learned in Hebrew school that you know You can't be complacent you can't sit there you can't just think it's never gonna happen and the other thing I have to think about is is the is there's there's a proverb uh, proverb is the right word for it but there's a idea um, in Judaism where uh, they say um, I think I might remember the first two lines like uh, maybe I don't. I, 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 I'm still so rusty on my Hebrew. It's terrible. I have. A, I know a pickup line in Hebrew that I that I came up with when I went to Israel at, at sixteen. But I remember that. But um, basically, the English version of of this of this thought is: If I am not for myself, who will be for me? Uh, if I am only for myself, who am I? And if not now, when? So first part pretty clear is like. You need to make sure to look after yourself. You need to make sure to take care of yourself, to take care of your health, take care of the responsibilities that you have around you because, again, no one else is going gonna, is gonna to worry about you if you're not worrying about you. So you should always take care of yourself. But if I'm only for myself, who am I? What type of person I am? If I only am going to look for myself, I have to look out for others and not look out in the bad way. Look out and protect others. So that's why you have now again jewish people marching alongside civil rights activists in the 60s uh, marching side by side by black leaders because they knew uh, the importance of to stand up to racism bigotry xenophobia fascism etc they knew what was needed to be done because they've seen it firsthand they've seen what happens when the nation's might turns against their own and then if not now when why why wait on like, why should I wait till later? on am worrying about things. Um, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate the hug. Uh, first person I know who was literally afraid of Trump was an older Jewish woman. And she, again, I understand that because while Trump in and of itself, isn't a person who is brings fear to, to me. It's, it's the impact he has on others. It's his propaganda. It's his ability to be a con artist because that's what he's been, uh, that's what you've been, he's been his entire life as a con artist, a snake oil salesman. It's why he was pushing hydroxychloroquine and all the other, you know, ivermectin and stuff like that. He was pushing all that uh, because he's a snake oil salesman. But, you know, Trump sticks, Trump ties, his hotels, his whole thing, his whole theory is how he can con as many people out of as much money as possible and get away with it. It's why. The only banks that will lend to him is like Deutsche Bank. And that's why he's indebted to like Russian oligarchs because no one else, everyone else has pretty much wised up to his BS. They've wised up to, you know, the type of person that he is. You can only, only shortchange your contractors so much before they refuse to do business with you. You can only shortchange your debtors, the people who you're indebted to so much before uh, they stop wanting to do business with you as well. Um. So he's a con artist, and he's willing to do whatever it is. And and maybe he, you know, maybe he does hold those things like you know I only want Jews to people with the with the with the yarmulkes. I only want them with little hats. People with little hats. I want them looking after my money, not the black people, you know, because he doesn't think that black people can handle money well, and he believes that Jews can handle money well. So maybe he has just the general like things that you might say about Jewish people that are harmful stereotypes, but there's also the fact that he's, he's willing to play up to the people who are threats, because I don't think he – he doesn't worry that they're going to – because he's not Jewish, so he doesn't worry that the anti-Semites support him. And if he can pander to the anti-semites who support him by doing things that they'll like then he's going to have more traction and he's going to rile up that base and that's a very rabid base that he has there with those people who are big as xenophobias and white proud boys uh, boogaloo boys any of the other white supremacist groups that are out there um and he doesn't think it'll happen to him and, and probably the people who are jewish who do support him kushner ivanka they don't, they probably are like, well, it'll never happen to us either. We'll be protected because we have Trump. There are Jews who fought for the German army. People who were like, who considered themselves to be germ- patriots, nationalists, Germany first, Jewish second. They didn't think, they didn't believe that the rhetoric would work. They didn't believe that the rhetoric of Donald Trump would, would, would be a threat to them. And then they went to the camp. And then they realized when it was too late that they that they were hoodwinked, that they were sold a bill of goods, that they were that they that they were wrong with their assumption that he was just doing this to get support, that he really wasn't going to do this to harm people. And he harmed six million people, six million Jews, I should say, because other people, Romani types, disabled, uh, homosexuals, uh, other people were also killed in the camps as well. Um So, you know, those few Jews who are willing to like be like, that's not that big of a deal. There are also people who were feminists who liked Trump's faux populism because they believed it real. And they were like, Trump will never appoint people and we'll never see Roe versus Wade overturned. So it's not a big deal because we're never going to see Roe versus Wade overturned. Guess what's going to happen soon? guess what we're expecting to happen soon, unless for some reason the uproar changed a uh, justice or two's mind. We should be seeing that happening, and then these people voted in their against their best interests and voted in a way that's going to enable this country to treat women as second-class citizens. Now, I talked with my wife the other day, and I was like, I'm so glad we don't have a daughter at this point. Not that I would stop fighting for women, but I'm so glad we don't have a daughter right now, and. My wife basically said if we had a daughter, we'd be, we'd be out of the country already because this is too much, too far. So, so there are gay Republicans. Yeah, gay Republican call that talk show I listen to every morning or most mornings. Um, the, you know, the it, it's, it's bizarre how people just will often either vote in against their best interests or they'll vote in a way that I guess they feel like they're privileged. And, well, the bad stuff's not going to happen to me, so I don't have to worry about the bad stuff um let's see ethan kushner's dad was a ponzi schema perpetrator i believe it's possible i don't know um hide in the shadows there are jews who also arrange laundering money. remarks will you know just, i don't know i mean i don't know about all that but I, again i'm concerned about about doing that about perpetuating that such things because that is on the side hide in the shadows of here's jews money laundering money crooked jews with their money you know that sort of thing and that starts to perpetuate myths about jewish people so maybe there are people who happen to be jewish who are doing that but it's not because they're jews that they're doing it so eh, i have a problem with that um uh, see wilbur ross is part of the russian collusion investigation i believe about trump i know jared and i met as clean as far as i know his dad and trump are con artists i mean kushner is the one who did kushner was the one who pushed the idea that we shouldn't um test as much and we should we should allow the states to handle it and allow the let it affect the blue states more so the so the more people in blue states will die and that the the politicians in in charge of those blue states will take the hit and they, he t- he looked at uh covid as a potential a political gain for trump instead of looking at it as a way for The real political gain for Trump would have been responding to the pandemic properly and making sure that we had enough testing. But no, he wanted to reduce testing. But Kushner wanted to help uh, make it worse in these areas by not giving the states what they needed so they could allow Trump and other Republican politicians to attack the leaders of the Democrat cities and states to hurt them politically. And who cares about them, at least who cares about the people who died because of it. Uh, so, Phil uh, said, "I have a daughter, lots of nieces, but I live in Illinois. I mean, that's good, but you never know. I mean, we have a Democratic governor here in Louisiana who signed both the trans athlete prohibition bill and a one of the most anti-choice laws in the in the entirety of of uh, of the of the country, criminalizing providers who provide an abortion for." up to 10 years. Um, the only thing I think the law does differently than maybe this does is, is it puts life beginning at implantation and not at fertilization. And as such, it doesn't impact birth control pills and, um, or and the morning after pill. That's another thing. i was just going to bring this up and I forgot to bring that up is abortion. Jews are pretty much, we tend to be pro-choice. Under, under Jewish law, um, if you are pregnant and you have a pregnancy that's threatening your life, pretty much the way it's worded, that as long as the fetus isn't already halfway out your body, you can do what you need to do to protect your life. So your life could be in danger at week one. Your life could be in danger at week 39. And you could do whatever. Your, not only can you do whatever it is you need to do to take care of your and protect your life you under jewish law are required to get an abortion if the pregnancy threatens your life required so there's no in judaism itself there's no choice but jews also are not going to sit here and mandate that all people who end up pregnant get a mandated abortion if they're facing a health problem with that pregnancy if they're going to risk dying from that abortion so laws that prohibit a that would prohibit a Jewish person from seeking an abortion in, in the late term who happens to be in a life-threatening condition that violates our religion Judaism also tends to be pretty pro choice because of the fact that a Jewish tradition it's not in the Bible per se but um, Rashi, who's one of the biblical people in the Talmud, uh, he uh, basically said that the embryo is, quote, mere water, i.e. it doesn't have any value. It's the only value that the embryo has is similar to water. You're not going to shed a tear of the loss of water. And the fetus, while it may have some value, excuse me, it's not the same value as a born person. Hell, under Jewish law, if a kid if an infant dies within a month of being birth, you're not required to hold a funeral or to sit shiva for the person either. So there's that. Not that not that Judaism allows you to slaughter newborns, but the point is is that the life expectancy, I guess, back then was for for an infant was so low or was low enough to where you weren't required to have a funeral or sit shiva if uh, you um, if you lost a child after before a month being finished. But the reason they said basically that the, the, the one month old child the less than one month old child is still not considered a full on life. There's no like postnatal abortions that are allowed in Judaism either. Because in, in Judaism if, if if as long as as long as the fetus is not mostly out, you can't you, you you are required to have the abortion if it's threatening your life. But if the pregnancy is more than halfway out, you then have to deliver the deliver it deliver the baby so um let's see said, i heard a synagogue in florida is suing DeSantis over that principle i hope they're successful i hope that goes to the supreme court and i hope that i hope a lot of these things that are coming out of the courts right now come work to bite to bite these people in the ass because look at the supreme court ruling that made it illegal to not give funds to like Christian schools. It's discriminating against Christian schools, you know, because they should be able to get the same funding or whatever, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, No yawning. Sorry. Hey, Leslie Shaw, how's it going? Um, So I hope these laws come back and bite them on the ass. I hope um, that Jewish people do sue over that. And 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 makes and say that hey this is a violation of our religion, uh, this is why this law is a violation of our religion, and take that to the Supreme Court and make them lose. I hope that this law that or this ruling that just came up that said uh, that basically said um, that you you can give a let me look up the exact wording of it, uh, Scotus religious schools ruling. Supreme Court rejects Maine's ban on aid to – oh, this is the New York Times, so it's probably going to be behind a paywall. Let's click on something else. Uh, The court ruled that Maine can't exclude families in areas without public high schools from using state-provided tuition money for sectarian education. So I guess there's a big caveat there where if you don't have a public high school, um, the state – provided tuition money should be allowed for sectarian education. So it's not a blanket. States can't prohibit religious schools from, uh, let's see, state programs providing money for public school tuition cannot exclude schools that offer religious instruction. The decision relaxed longstanding restrictions on using taxpayer money to pay for religious education, further lowering the wall of separation. Vote was 63. Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor dissenting, obviously. Um, State program in Maine, money was made available to families who live in remote areas without public high schools. Under state law, they could use money for their children's tuition at public or private schools in other communities. (laughs) Excuse me, but not for sectarian schools. Define those as uh, promote a particular faith or belief system that teach material through the lens of the faith. Running for the majority, Chief Justice Roberts said Maine's program promotes stricter separation of church and state than the federal constitution requires. Okay, but... Just because the Constitution requires uh, a separation of church and state that's stricter or that's less strict, it doesn't mean you can't be more strict. Um, tuition program is not new. Choice then because the state pays tuition for certain students at private schools, so long as the schools not religious, that's discrimination against religion. No, it's absurd. But I hope in this in this because of this ruling, I hope that you have a ton of like Muslim schools, and Jewish schools that open up. And especially the Muslim schools, and I hope it goes back, and, <laughs> and Republican states are then required to fund money into Muslim schools, because that would be just worth it. That would be like oh, you get what you you get what you paid for, you reap what you sow. There you go. Um, but I hope you know, Jewish Jewish schools take advantage of it as well. I mean, but that's the thing is like we often think in this country through a predominantly Christian lens. So all of the whatever we're discussing religion, <coughs> we think of it through, <laughs> excuse me, a predominantly religious lens of, of Christianity. Other faiths are ignored, so which is unfortunate. But it's one of the other things that you deal with living as a Jewish person in this country is that you're viewed as kind of a side thing, sideshow. You're not treated as seriously your concerns are not treated as seriously as other people. <coughs> Take prayer at at public meetings. The only prayer that, that conservatives who argue that you should be able to pray in a public meeting or, or five an invocation before a public meeting only want those invocations to be done by Christian folks. They kind of cringe at Jews doing it. They absolutely won't want a Muslim doing it or get a church of Satan person. Forget about it. Even though the church of Satan, the real church of Satan doesn't really actually worship Satan anyway, but they're making a point that in fighting these policies that allow the use of government to promote a particular religion and government should not be used to promote any religious beliefs. That's why you shouldn't be able to use state tax dollars to pay for tuition at a religious school. But we have an activist conservative Supreme Court, uh, and they are more than willing to bend over backwards to help continue to perpetuate this uh, Christian supremacy that we have in this country uh, that basically tells other people of other religions too bad. Uh, Aaron, you can't have COVID. It's just, the, I, I've had the same cough for months. Like it comes and goes, and I've had the same. Comfort. I really hope I don't get I don't have COVID. Um, I'm I'm, shelter, I'm I'm already sheltering in ha, in, in place. Uh, my 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 sheltering pre cruise started yesterday, so I'm I'm not leaving the house. I went to Costco on uh, Friday, uh Saturday, and I bought like lots of stuff just so I could be like, all right, I don't have to go to the store again until after the cruise because I don't want to risk testing positive for COVID. Um, I don't want to risk testing positive for COVID and not getting to go on my cruise that I've been waiting to go for for a while now. Obviously, Phil Stone Church of Satan has applied to stay the press somewhere and sometimes they've been successful and other times they haven't. But you always get fighting because the people who... This goes back to that Twitter thread that I read last week where conservatives don't want to be told what to do, but they like to tell other people what to do. So that is why they like to be able to use their government meetings to do Christian prayers, but anytime you want to bring up a different other prayer, then guess what? I even complained, I think, in the city of Kenner, I went to one of the council meetings and uh, I went to one of the council meetings and complained about the fact that, it's that you only have Christian prayers being said here. Why can't we have uh, prayers that are more inclusive for the entire uh, citizenry of the city of Kenner, and I got booed because I dared to suggest that we uh, be inclusive of everybody in the city. Nope, they only want to have Christian prayers because they want to pray to Jesus and no one else. And when you when you when, they're, when they like Church of Satan, for example, and other groups are able. To then have these prayers led, I think like there was one one particular circumstance where you had uh, a, a Muslim uh, religious leader who was bringing up uh, who who was able to say pra- prayers before uh, some governmental body. Uh, you had the people who were there who were just booing the entire time. Let's see if I can bring that up I again. Mean, you won't be able to hear it on. Um, you won't be able to hear it on the Blog Talk Radio site, but again, Julie, uh, I'm about to have a weed cough. <laughs> I wish that's what this was. Uh, it's just continuously. Let's see. Um, Muslim prayer booed. Booed at uh, government meeting. Um, that's probably way too vague. Council meeting maybe. Um, County official storms out of meeting during Muslim prayer. Let's see. Um, trying to see if I can find one where it's just the pure video and not somebody else's coverage of it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to find that for next week or some other uh, week as well. Be- or some other week where I might, might, might discuss that and the hypocrisy of it, whatever. <clears throat> Let's see. What am I missing? What have I missed? Uh, let's see. Should I start a meeting off with some satanic cha- chanting? That would put an end to it real quick. Well, they'll just boo and then only want to have the Christian prayers again. And they won't stop the prayers. They just, well, they'll just just fight tooth and nail to not have non-Christian prayers there. Uh, Ethan, my family, is Punjabi, Sikh, and own a liquor store. I've watched them work 18-hour days for a decade while going to college, raising a family. I agree there are cultural things. But um, in Oregon, we get COVID cough, and summer fire cough, and weed cough. Actually, weed cough is all year round. Hilarious. Um, see, is it about dishonest as much as a bizarre mentality? I'm from Ohio, but live in California for 40 years and learned a great deal about the way of life. Um, it is, okay. Government is not anti-religious. It's just not pro-religious. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, government shouldn't be anti-religious. I used to have to explain this to people when I said that in God we trust shouldn't be under money, that we shouldn't be saying under God, I was watching um, them on Amazon, and it takes place, I think, in the 50s before they changed the Pledge of Allegiance. And so when they did the pledge, they got a pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So they were accurate in showing that that's what they said as a pledge back then because we didn't used to have under God. And people would get all pissed off it's like well, government shouldn't be anti-God. I'm like, no, no. Just because you are not taking an official position on God, it doesn't mean that you're anti God. It doesn't mean you're anti religion. It just means you're not using government to promote any religion. So you're dead on right, Phil. I've talked about that before. And again, it's another part of the things where it's frustrating for me as a Jewish person to come back to the topic of the show, as that I have to deal with that. I have to sit I had to sit in public school that that first year and, and and i walked out of the holiday play because i was tired of hearing about their religion and being let, and being excluded you know i didn't feel that that the, that the public school should be doing that and it should be only focusing on one religion you want to teach about one religion teach about all the religions um and you know, i'll have a problem mentioning like you know if you want to look at the bible in, in in a class fine do it from a religions of the world aspect and look at the different religions um but people don't like that. You know, oh my God, you might learn something from the Quran. Oh, gasp. Um, Let's see. See, not many, I'm not quite sure about the Asian discussion that's going on. Um, doesn't seem too necessarily on topic, but maybe I missed a bunch. Uh, Girl Scouts changed their oath to fit Hindu girls. So, someone started a group called Heritage Girls and some churches only have them. They're conservative in what they teach. Yep, I've heard about the Heritage Girls. It's ridiculous. Um, God forbid. They got to, the, you know, be inclusive of other people. Although it's one of the reasons why, even though I was a Boy Scout as a, as a youth, I didn't want my sons going to it because there was, a, well, I don't remember there being an emphasis on faith. I mean, you did, you know, um, you did say that there was mentions of God or whatever. Uh, like, on oh, my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty to God and country, to obey the Scout law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Um, I can't believe I remember that whole thing. So yeah, you mentioned God during the thing, but like, like the the, the requirements. I guess for, I was looking into being a scoutmaster or maybe a scout, one of the troop leaders, or in in the new troop that they were trying to put together at my kid's school, and there was too much to me emphasis on, you know, faith, faith, faith. And I was like, I mean, I'm raised Jewish. My kids aren't really being raised to be religious. I really don't want to put them in a situation where they're going to be proselytized at. And I couldn't really get a straight answer either way um, to, uh, to, so I chose to not enroll them in Boy Scouts. Um, TV2, thank you also for joining in. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming. I hope to see you every week. Um, Hope you can bring some people along with you, like a Twitch raid, except not. dad couldn't be a scout leader because he wouldn't take the oath to God. When he, we said we were kids, we were like, just say it, dad. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't want to, I felt like I would be a hypocrite if I didn't believe that, you know, especially at a, at a boy scout troop that was going to be at or based in the school. Like I would be a hypocrite if I would be joining that. And I would be you know, doing that while not being somebody, I don't want to lie. I don't want to say, yeah, I'm, you know, say this, that, what kind of, what kind of example would I be setting it for my children? If I took this pledge in order to be their scout master and then didn't follow through on the pledge in my everyday life. So I felt bad that I was, uh, first thing of the, was it the scout law? I think I just did the scout model motto. Scout law. The first thing is trustworthy. If I can't, if I'm, if I'm not telling the truth, I'm not trustworthy, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. That's the 12 points but there's a lot of information up there that just waits for a long time. I haven't said that one probably in 30 years, 30. Yeah, probably 30 years or so that I, that I've said the, the, the scout, whatever it is, the motto is the first one and whatever. I, I'm not remembering what they're called, but the fact, the fact that I remembered all 12, that's crazy. I mean, you said it, I guess, at every meeting. So it was kind of ingrained in your head, but the first one is trustworthy. How could I be a good trustworthy person if I'm not being truthful doesn't make any sense so I can't I couldn't make that pledge so I couldn't be a leader and if I wasn't going to be involved with it I didn't want to have my kids be involved with it either because I wanted to be able to do something with them Um, so let's see uh, my aunt unintentionally posted the original version of the pledge as a conservative she was unaware that the current version was not historical even though she learned it that way yeah I mean like if you're conservatism, if you're a conservative, you should want to conserve what was, right? Which means you should conserve the original pledge, which didn't contain the words under God in it. And what really blew their mind is the individual who created the Pledge of Allegiance was a socialist minister. He was a socialist. He <laughs> was a minister, but he was still socialist. And he, he was a minister, so he, didn't, he was a minister and didn't feel the need to put under God in there. I just one situation at work at a previous employer where um, we were talking about um, something about like LBJ, I think it was. Um, where I was like, "Well, you know, Lyndon John was it Lyndon Johnson who who promoted the idea that we should have under God in the pledge or whatever," and he was like. As I said, that's the only good thing. Well, no, no, I, I said that. No, I, at first I said that Lyndon Johnson was one of the. This, see, this is where it comes. It comes back to the topic of the show of at least bigotry, and because I think some of this, yeah. So, because uh, this guy lived in Mississippi, he. I told him that Lyndon Johnson was. Um. The person who is behind or pushing or spearheading the idea of putting under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. My coworker, who's a old white dude from Mississippi, goes, "Well, that's probably the only good thing he ever did." And so, I went, "Well, what about when he sent the uh, um, in, in the, in the people down uh, to Philip to investigate the murders of the civil rights workers? I think some of whom were Jewish." in Philadelphia, Mississippi. You know, what What about that? And he goes, as I said, that first thing was the only good thing he did. And my eye shot out like that cartoon snake, let me tell you. Because I'm like, holy crap. Did you really just say that out loud at work? Come on. This is the same individual who was trying to explain to me why you couldn't have gay people serving in the military because you you had to trust people who you served with. And for some reason to him, gay people were untrustworthy. Um, and he was like, that's how people get shot by friendly fire. Like, wait, wait, are you telling me that troops would murder their fellow troops because they were gay? And he was like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this, but this sounded a whole heck of a lot like that. And that was the last day he ever ate lunch with us in the cafeteria. I'm like good ri- I think I think I did everybody a favor with that one. He was a creepy guy too. He was like harassing several of the young women that worked there. It was it was terrible. He was a bad person. Um, let's see. Julie, there are a lot of alternative options to boy scouts. I don't recall I read this pledge. I found this out when I was looking for disabled inclusive scout for my kid. Uh, there were options. I don't know how many options there were down here in Louisiana though. Um Let's see. I'm glad to be a rotary person lots of ways. I do lots of community service stuff. Um, <clears throat> it was interesting. Like I had a friend of mine, I, I know, who was trying to get me to join up with the Masons to be, a, to be a Mason. And he was like, you just have to believe in God. And I was like, he was like, you're Jewish, so you should believe in God. I was like, well, I don't know if I want to be in a thing where you're, you have required a belief in God. I mean, I don't think it should be required. And I ended, I ended up never becoming a Mason or Freemason because, you know, I didn't want to have that force on me. Um, Lucifer the Doberman. Oh, Lucifer, hello. Yes, uh, Lyndon Johnson was not the wonderful, perfect person that everybody makes him out to be either. Lyndon Johnson also set up the uh, internment camps for the Japanese people during World War II, and that's not a good thing either. Um, so while there are bad things that LBJ did, I would include in the good things sending down the... Law enforce federal law enforcement to investigate the murders of the civil rights murders civil rights workers in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Unfortunately, my coworker didn't include that in his list. His list only included the one thing. Um, I don't know. He might have agreed with that statement too, you know. Oh, Julie, Boy Scouts is off-putting to me because they think you cannot be a good person or citizen without a pledge to the Christian God. And that's, that was my concern. And, and, and they might tell you, well, it's, not the, it's just God. But to them, especially in a place like Louisiana, it's, it's not just God. It's, it's, it's the Christian God. It's the Christian version. And then, uh, we would be in a situation. And, and while there are lots of good things that I learned in Boy Scouts, I had good times in Boy Scouts, but I, was never, they ne- I would never felt proselytized to I never felt like it was it was that <clears throat> that that was that that much focused on God as opposed to scouting that I've seen down here. So, so Johnson sent the FBI to Philadelphia. Yep, Eisenhower built the interstate highways. Is um, it true you'd have to search for them? Must you join the Boy Scouts? Yes, I like the Rotary Club. Would go back if invited again. Uh, Freemasons are a drinking club. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't know enough about it. I think I think Hal might be uh, Lucifer in the Dove. Almost like he was a human. Yeah, a lot of people are humans. It happens. Um, yeah. Let's see. I don't think Hal Sparks would be a mason if they were a drinking club. <laughs> uh, Mississippi, Birmingham was a great film. Nope. Hal has, hates drugs of any kind. Um, more sons quit in Boy Scouts when the Scoutmaster said I couldn't go to the overnight in the snow my sons quit Boy Scouts when Scoutmaster said that I couldn't go to the overnight in the snow. That's weird. I mean, wonder why that happened. I wanted to know what it was going on if I couldn't go. Yeah. I mean, there's that. We did have some, I, I never had a situation in Boy Scouts where I felt like I was in, I was in it well, where, where I was put into an uncomfortable position by any of the leaders. There was never that situation. There were some a-hole leaders, but I was never put in a situation where I felt like I was, I was in an uncomfortable situation uh, but we also did have, you know, they had like the father-son campout where it was a winter campout and, and fathers were in, invited to join along with. And and fa- parents could come along on trips as well. I mean, I don't think they allowed all the parents to come on every trip, but if you were a parent, you could come along on some trips. I know my dad did come along to the father-son ones at least twice. Um, so, wait trying to think. Have you talked about your conversation with V Radio on Twitter? I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier but it, I mentioned the conversation with V Radio earlier more because I was talking about my conversation with somebody else on Twitter about dealing with the anti-Semitism and how that other individual not V Radio had mentioned that um, had that other person had mentioned uh, that Jews shouldn't feel that their rumored ties to world banking uh, should be harmful, that, 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 that the idea that Jews are involved in world banking is a harmful stereotype. And that other user posited that it's not a harmful stereotype. And then I went on to explain why it was a harmful stereotype, why it is a harmful stereotype. No, it wasn't Johnny Walker either was somebody else. Um, and... And that's almost that's that was the onus of this show. That was that that's why I did this episode of Living Life as a Jewish Person. And for the first at least two hours or two and a half hours or so, maybe the first two hours, uh, I was focused on talking about you know my life as a Jewish person, what I've had to deal with, um, the anti-Semitism I've dealt with in my life, the the fear of the of the anti-Semites that is kind of ingrained in every Jewish person. And the the topic for this show basically started with that tweet that was that was on my wall. That tweet where, you know, talking about how oh, Jews shouldn't feel bad that, that people think they're international. Like, no, Jews, many, 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 many anti Semitic causes, many, many, many action acts of anti Semitism have been um, perpetuated, have been inspired by or otherwise endorsed or created by these ideas that Jews are greedy, that Jews are horrible people that Jews are involved in vast global conspiracies because of their connections to to money and global globalist bankers or whatever. Because another thing. Like when you hear like Alex Jones or whatever talking about uh, talking about like globalists, when, it, when Alex Jones and other people who are conservative pundits talk about the so-called globalists, typically another word for jews that's typically another code word to say we're talking about the jews but we'll get in trouble if we say the jews so we're not going to say the jews we're going to if we're going to talk about one person individually they'll talk about Soros. if they're talking about people in a group they'll talk about the globalists but it's all shorthand for jewish people and that's that whole jew shouldn't be feel like this is a harmful stereotype on this entire most of the topics that we're, we're discussing today at least on the podcast now we could talk about other things um you know johnny walker red wanted me to answer something that i've answered already on a previous video in a in, in a i think i even answered it on a video where we were doing the back and forth responding to each other And so I'm kind of like, you know, you know what? I don't feel like I should have to repeat the same thing 17 different times in order to make my point. If you didn't hear, if, if the people like Johnny Walker Red and V radio don't want to hear my point the first seven times, it doesn't do me any good to continue to talk about it eight more times or nine more times or 10 more times or whatever. It doesn't do me any good to, to, to try and explain it to him yet again. Like it's grown tiring to this point where like V Radio, like in the middle of my response video to V Radio, when it came to um, several of his, uh, I think his Klingons video, where were, keep Klingons, whatever, or remain Klingon versus um, versus the comparison to critical race theory, and you know I had said, or no, this was maybe the one that was it was that was the stop simping one. It was the stop simping of the Liz Cheney. That's the right one. And I was like, "Nobody's doing this, and you know how, like you know you'll make a generalized statement, Nobody's really doing that, like nobody's doing that, and you know't it's not to be taken literally, like if you find one or two people or five or a hundred of the vast numbers of people that do it, you know you know is are you really disproving the fact that So, but at some point during the middle of that video that I was responding to V Radio on the whole, the left simping the Liz Cheney thing, um, I kind of realized in the middle of that video that, well, what if V Radio is going to start doing this crap? So, in the middle of my video, I stopped saying nobody and I started saying a vast majority of people on the left are not doing this thing. So I switched to that. So I switched that argument to that at the end. Right? He ignores that. He absolutely ignores that. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to talk about it. He still wants to harp about the fact that I said nobody at the beginning. <clears throat> and maybe I could have just gone back and redone the entire video and and just redone the entire. But I already shot like a bunch of it, so I didn't feel that I needed to go back and say, okay, what I you know go back and reword it because I wasn't reading from a script. I was just responding off the cuff. So yeah, I'm not a perfect linguist at all times, but, and neither is he. But it's getting kind of tiresome that to him, to focus on he said, nobody, <laughs> he, see, he said nobody. And then forget about the fact that I said, as I corrected myself later, but like, I don't really mean not an individual one, but most people aren't doing this. And that's what I mean when I, when I said that. And then he argues that I'm playing semantics, even though the fact that he's playing semantics over the whole nobody crap. So, yeah, I'm getting a little tired of having to explain myself, or or I don't have to explain myself to them. I'm getting tired of being asked the same questions that I've already answered repeatedly. And then I'm viewed as, oh, he's ducking the question. No, I'm just tired of your bull crap. Uh, Lucifer the Doberman, so you cherry-picked a tweet from nobody to amplify a victim mentality. Oh, Really? Really? Is that what you're saying? That—that's what you took from what I said there? Nah, fam, that's not it. I didn't cherry pick a tweet. Somebody responded to me. Let's bring it up. Let's 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 see if I can bring it back up. Uh, let's go back here. Back one. Um, all right. Window look at the settings for window that's the correct window okay oh that window we're going to cover everything up right now and let's let's zoom in so here we go Uh, zoomed in really well so I'm I'm talking to Neil and I'm saying Donald Trump incited to want Jews not black people kind of money that's perpetuating a harmful stereotype you can be anti-Semitic and hire Jews. You can be anti-Semitic and make exceptions for the people that you think are okay. Twenty Jews do not absolve him of anything. And then this user, A Beersley, comes in perpetuating a harmful stereotype. The Jewish people are don't think are harmed in the stereotypical assumption of Jews and money. I mean, history shows that they created the banking system and had and had run it or held key positions within. So no, Lucifer. I am not cherry-picking somebody to create a victim mentality. Absolutely not. I'm responding to somebody who individually came to me and made an anti-Semitic argument. And this anti-Semitic argument that was made to me reminded me of the other ones that I dealt with. So I wanted to do a podcast to deal with people uh, to deal, to maybe under make people understand who might not realize what it might like to might it, what it might be like to be a jewish person living in this country still that we still have to deal with this kind of crap this kind of crap happens to people so no I'm not cherry picking I'm trying to to give people a broader understanding of what it might be like cuz there are people who legitimately don't know and who are ignorant of it and I don't blame necessarily blame them for their ignorance, but I'm giving them the opportunity to hear from somebody who's lived their life as a Jewish person and who has those fears that might happen. It's not a victim mentality. That in and of itself could very well be taken as an anti-Semitic statement because you're trying to claim that me as a Jewish person, am having a victim mentality because I'm concerned about anti-Semite. Because I'm concerned that we had a president who was an apologist for white supremacists and neo-Nazis marching on Charlottesville, some of whom are good people on both sides. No, nobody marching next to a Nazi is a good person, period, end of story. There's no way you can argue that. If you're marching next to a Nazi, you're not a good person. If I was in a parade and protesting something and Nazis came up and joined my, and joined my side, they would no longer be on my side because I'd either leave, I'd make it a separate thing. I'd make sure that people knew that, what, that those people were not walking as part of my group. And I would make sure that everybody in my group would reject the Nazis. Always reject Nazis. Let's see, what else did Lucifer, what other pearls of wisdom did Lucifer the Doberman say uh, in my chat? We listen. You obfuscate. No, I don't obfuscate. <sighs> do, do 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 What else? Um, you said that from a nobody. You said that from a nobody. Yeah, I went from nobody because I was talking about, like nobody does that as a saying. You've never heard people say like. Nobody does that and not being literally nobody does that, but it's just a thing that's so rare that you just say nobody does that. Have you never heard that? You or Neil or anyone else of your sycophants who just insist on Bill. Oh, he said nobody. We caught him. We got him. We got liberal Dan. Let's see. Lucifer the gentleman. How many likes? What do you mean how many likes? What are you talking about? How many likes? What? Dementia. As a biracial lesbian Jew, I am long done needing to explain myself. Bingo. And look, I get tired of it too. But there are, but oftentimes though, when I talk about anti Semitism, when I talk about um you know, what I've had to go through, what I've got to many of the things that I have to go through, It's not done. I don't think I'm ever gonna get through to Lucifer the Doberman. I don't believe that I'll ever convince Lucifer the Doberman anything about what I'm talking about, but I I still talk about it because I think that other people who might be involved or watching the conversation, other people who might be watching this conversation might be impacted from either of our arguments. So I want to make sure that those other people get my side of the argument as well, and not only the side of the argument that would say that's talking about anti-Semitism and how it affects me as American Jew. It's somehow playing a victim card. Zero, zero. I don't know what you're talking about with likes. I don't know what you're talking about when it comes to likes about that person. But you're talking about this particular tweet, this particular person has zero likes. Well, this particular person also, y'all like to talk about how many followers I have or how many, whatever. This person also has only two followers. So maybe that's why they didn't have that many likes. Because they only have two followers. But there are people, that's one of the problems with Donald Trump and his presidency, is that he's emboldened people like this to spout that rhetoric. And They're more likely to come out let you go Check this account, it's a bot and it's used as a reason to claim victimhood. Or whatever. I mean, that's, that's another thing. That's That's like a, That's a um, no true Scotsman fallacy. That's a no true Scotsman fallacy. Oh, this account that said something horrible is simply a bot, so therefore we shouldn't take it seriously. This isn't a real person. This isn't a real person bringing up real things. Um, If it was a bot, you'd think they'd have better typing. You'd think a bot would be able to come up with better better English than the Jewish people are don't think. Phil Stone, Associated Jews with Money, is used to suggest that it was a basis to distress them. Yep. It's used as a basis to uh, to be greedy. It's used as a basis to, to suggest that Jews are greedy. Um, let's see. It's really should discuss Lucifer. I'm not Jewish, but I still hate Illinois Nazis. Just Illinois ones, Phil, or just everyone? Um, Ethan, I love the Jewish people. They gave us Barbra Streisand, Liberal Dan, Bernie Sanders, et Thank you. Um let's just what is Lucy Lucy the Dover Lucifer the Doberman what is your point? I'm not sure what your point is. Uh the point is is that I mean basically there's a bunch of people who all like to pile upon each other apparently and pile on lowly old me. I mean here's the thing. These people talk or especially V Radio, talk about, you know, she talks about zero likes. I V Radio talks about how I only have so many followers on on YouTube or whatever or subscribers, even though I this is not my full time thing even though I'm a full-time software developer, uh, even though I have other things that I have to do with my life that make it so that I'm not, I'm not focusing on YouTube full-time to to constantly push out videos. Uh, and if I'm V Radio, I'm pushing out videos, some of which get taken down for hate speech. So I was actually going to watch one of his videos. Uh, I had a notification on my, on my phone saying, oh, V Radio came up with this other video. I finally got around to clicking on it. Oh, it's been taken down for hate speech. I haven't had a video taken down for hate speech. Wonder why that is. Oh, you called the you called the bot account a nobody. V Radio's still harping on the whole nobody crap about am trying to trying to keep me uh maybe you should have been a little more clear there, Lucifer for the Doberman or are you just a bot because you're not clear. Uh It was a bot, not a person. How do you know it's a bot? That comment was not from a human, you moron. Okay, Lucifer, whatever. Um, Check the account now. Yes, we all run. I did check the account. How do How do you determine that this person's a bot? There, there. Even if Even if the person is a bot account, though. Even if you're right, and the person and and this individual account is a bot. Do it on stream. Here we go. Let's all be trained monkeys for uh, for uh, for you. There you go, nonconformist. A Beersley follows you. Joined August 2020. Only two followers. Um, and here's the thing: this person is is defending the whole thing about mocking Biden. So this person is likely, you know, there are leftist anti-Semites too. Let's just be very clear about that. Um, What else? Uh, a retweet. Uh, another retweet. Let's see if there's rep- more replies. Let's look at the replies. Uh, choo, 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 choo. Nice. I don't know how you determine that this account is a bot or not. I don't know how you're... You're psychic to determine that this is about bot or not. Um, Bill M., if you want to argue with a bot on Twitter to make an effective point, who cares? MSM does it on time reporting tweets to me. Or uh, It's called Art of Manipulation Using Anchors and Truths. Yeah, and that's the thing. If, if, if you have a bot account, if somebody is creating a bot account to help spread anti-Semitism, whoever's behind the bot account is still pushing the anti-Semitism. So even if it is a bot, which you haven't proven, even if it is a bot, guess what? the people behind the bot account are still using this to push anti Semitic thoughts. So even if it is a bot, there's a person behind the bot. There's a person who like if I if I created a bot for Twitter and I was gonna program a bot for Twitter, you know, I'm still programming the bot. I'm still telling it to do things. And if I'm telling it to do things like tweet things that are anti Semitic, BS, then it's still an anti-Semitic person behind the bot. So I don't know why you're harping on the whole thing that's bot because bots have to have people behind them. So I don't give people excuses because they allowed a bot to spread their anti-Semitic propaganda. And anti-Semitic propaganda includes the idea that, oh, Jews shouldn't be harmed because of the idea that they're behind banking. Oh, Jews created banking. He's saying it's a person. He's saying it's a person. How many times do you have to repeat it? Are you a bot? You're repeating yourself like a bot would, Lucifer. But, again, somebody behind the bot account is doing whatever programming of the bot to push things like that if it's really a bot. Ethan Willer. Even bots are created by real people. Created by real people. Um, Lucifer but I don't give a crap about if it's a bot. Quit being a dick. Holy, yeah. Oh, I've just gotten to the point of yeet. Now, I mean, I'm almost done anyway. I don't think there's a reason to yeet. Because, I mean, I only have, the Block Talk radio stream only has six minutes. I wasn't going to go three hours, but, hey, I went almost three hours. A three-hour show. A three-hour show. Um, so let's, let's let's make it a deal that Liberal Day Radio will call out all anti-Semitic Twitter accounts, be they bots or not. If, you're, if there's a Twitter account that puts out an a anti-Semitic thing, I will highlight it. And if people create accounts that are bot accounts to push anti-Semitic rhetoric, that's just another example of anti-Semitism. It's anti-Semitism become automated. It makes it easier to be an anti-Semite. Like, I don't understand your point here. I really don't understand the logic. But
1: it's not a person! It's not a person!
0: It either is a person or it's programmed. It's either a person being anti-Semitic or it's programmed to be anti-Semitic by a person. <coughs> either way, it's anti-Semitism. Either way, it's pushing anti-Sem- anti-Semitic propaganda. And it gave me an idea for a three-hour show, which the vast majority of the people in this chat seem to appreciate the fact that I've come on here for three hours to discuss how anti-Semitism affects me and affects other Jewish people in this country. And if you don't like that, maybe that's more telling about you than about me. Complaining about a, a, a Twitter user that may or may not be a bot. And I, my mods eventually deleted messages. Fine. I'm fine with it. I don't care. Uh, West Web, you did great. The fake persona invented the say mean things. Lucifer, you were conservative or liberal. Sorry, Dan, I accidentally hit timeout. That's fine. I don't care. Like, I give y'all the ability. It, it, I, I'm not bothered by it, any stretch of the imagination. I've read most of what Lucifer the Doberman said anyway. So even if you, if you listen to the show, you'll see that, you know, Lucifer the Doberman said multiple times. Leslie Shaw, Dan's experience as a young Jewish kid is valid and relevant. We appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you very much, Leslie. That's my point. My point is that. Now, regardless of who might have, who or what might have influenced the creation of this episode of this very special episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Um, it's something that I felt well, it was important to talk about because of the many other things that I've also dealt with in my life. It's just is something that created the created the creative spark that wanted me to do this episode, and I'm happy that I could share it with all of you. I'm happy that I could. You know, sit down here for three hours and have have a conversation with y'all and talk about my experiences. And hopefully it brings better understanding to some people about, you know, what people like myself have had to deal with. It's the same thing I did with my living as a uh, video about living as a, fat, as a fat person or obese person, however I worded it, back from last August. And... Maybe I'll come up with another one for a third, third time's a charm. I don't know if it would be living life as a, um, living life as a nerd. I don't know. Living life as a, uh, Marylander in Louisiana, Democrat, liberal in Louisiana. I don't know. I mean, I am in a liberal city. So anyway, we we got two minutes left. We got one minute and 45 seconds left. So I need to go find my ending music before the minute mark, minute mark hits. So again, if you thank everybody for watching, I want to thank y'all for watching. I very much appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. LiberalDan.com, uh, buy me a slider button there or go to um, Patreon.LiberalDan.com to support the show that way. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share videos with your friend. Uh, Bill, am I tuned in for a Jewish food segment? Uh, I need some good matzo ball soup. There's only one place in the city I can get good matzo ball soup from, and it's, it's a little bit of a schlep to get there. So uh, we'll see. Um, Audreus Root is kind of in, 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 taking stuff from other cultures and incorporating. But anyway, this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. I appreciate you for joining. Tune in next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, here on YouTube, where we will invite back on and have as a guest in the show, Hal Sparks, for another excellent episode with Hal. So, Facebook.com slash so Liberal, Liberal Dan, Radio on Twitter, Liberal Dan Radio on TikTok, um, Liberal Dan.com in general. Just find me online, like the places, follow the places, whatever you want to do. Just get out there, spread the word. And I appreciate uh, everybody, all the Patreons so far, all the people who've me Insider so far. Y'all are great, y'all awesome. Y'all make me keep wanting to do this. Um, I will see you next week for more. That's right.
1: right.